guys, here we are outside the MD Glow Muscle Studio. This week we have three guests. We have Robin Strand, Joe Seaman, and Emily Schubert, as well as the industry's latest hot news. Check it out. And welcome back to MD Globe Muscle here at the On The Rise Media Studio with me, your host, Charles Thomas. I'm enjoying all the way from, well, it's obviously going to be sunny, Robin Strand. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. Robin, Robin, I actually, because I actually interviewed another Canadian there and I had him fresh in my head and I was about to say his name then. I was like, no! <laughs> so, Robin, thank you so much for coming to MD Globe Muscle, mate. Um, uh, nice to get another Canadian on, because like I said, I've, um, I interviewed another Canadian uh, yesterday for a, d a different episode. But, mate, um, we've never spoken before. I know we've spoken a little bit on some DMs and stuff, but... Um, you know, you, you competed last week at the New York Pro. What was that like for you, mate? Are you happy with the experience, the the placings? Uh, tell us. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've I've competed in the New York Pro before in 2019. That was my pro debut, and I got 10th place there. So this year I competed at the New York Pro. I got eighth place. Mm -hmm. uh, the the experience as, as a whole, it was really incredible. To be honest with you, Giles, you know, I just I had so much fun getting up there. I, I felt like I absolutely brought um, the best that I could bring to that stage. It's a big stage. So I'll be honest, I was nervous. I had some anxiety getting up there with some big guys. But all in all, I felt very good with the way I looked and how I presented myself. The placing, of course, I was disappointed. I wanted to get a better placing. Um, but you can only can control what you can control. You can't control the placings and what the judges think mm -hmm. so all i can do at this point is make the improvements that i need to get better for the next show show up better get a better placing hopefully so tell yeah. us about how you turn pro and, and you know basically yeah when we, from when you were an amateur to to now give us a little bit of background sure absolutely so i started competing back in 2011 i was 18 years old i started competing as a natural athlete i competed natural for a couple of years and then got into uh, the open category where then I started actually competing as a junior. So in 2014, I actually won the junior Mr. Canada here. It actually took me from 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014. I did that show four years in a row to win it. So that was just something that I, you know, had in my mind that I absolutely had to win. I won it at 21 years old. The cutoff for juniors here in Canada was 21 years old. So that was, you know, the first real feather in my cap that showed me that I had potential to continue down the road in bodybuilding. After that, I started to say, okay, you know, it's time to get up there with the big boys. So I took a year off and I came back in 2016 as a super heavyweight. A funny thing about that was during that time, I still believed that I would be a heavyweight. I didn't quite think that I was big enough yet. So I dieted as hard as I could, and I just stripped off every last bit of fat, maybe even a little bit of muscle, and I ended up at 20, uh, 225.5, and the cutoff was 225. So, you know, I did the whole thing, you know, trying to do the cardio. They gave me 40 minutes to go sweat it out. I came back. <laughs> oh. I, I think I was still like 0.2 pounds over. So hmm. the guy weighing me says, okay, I want you to, you know, take off your posing trunks and 
I want you to breathe out all your air. So I did that. <laughs> wow, <laughs> hang on. I've never heard that one before, Robin. I've heard of Me guys. Too. I mean, I've heard crazy stories of like guys, uh, Steve Crichton. Yeah, yeah. Going in the in the sauna for hours with a bin bag, you know, that's trash right. bag. That's right. You know, doing step ups and press ups. But mate, I, I, that's a first in 28 years. I've never heard that one breathing out all the air. That's new. <laughs> I swear. And the, and the funny thing was, I tried to go in the sauna and I tried to do cardio. I couldn't sweat, not even anything. <laughs> so regardless, I ended up in the super heavyweights. Yeah. Now I was at the very bottom of the super heavyweights and I ended up 11th that year. Okay. Okay. And, you know, when I got off stage, yeah. I was just over the moon with the fact that I was finally one of the big boys. Mm. And I looked at myself at now I'm a super heavyweight because when I did my first show, I was 155 pounds. Wow, that's quite and, a, that's 70 pounds. That's like Sean Clarida territory, isn't it? Yeah, so I was always the smallest guy and I would win shows by being the most conditioned. And that's kind of how I got myself all the way to where the pro card was, which was in 2018. Mm -hmm. So after 2016, I got that 11th. I, I stayed as positive as I could. I realized, okay, I'm the smallest guy here. Still good conditioning, but what am I going to do? I'm going to have to come back a little bit bigger, fill in the, the, the gaps. And so I did that for 2017. We have the provincials here, which yeah. is like the state championships. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing the super heavyweights. I won that first place overall, got the overall that qualified me for the next year to do the pro qualifier. So in 2018, I did the Toronto pro qualifier. I won the super heavyweights. I won the overall. I was awarded my pro card. And then that same evening, I got on stage with the pros to do the Toronto Pro in 2018. Okay. And that year I got seventh place. And that's when I met Ron Harris. Wow. So yeah, so you got seventh because that's what, um, I mean, I, I Joe Seaman on last episode and he did, he did the kind of turning pro next day when jumped in with the pros and did really well as well, you know. So, I mean, what was yep. that? I always wondered what that must be like to be... One minute you're amateur, and then the next day, you know you've 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 you know you're the best amateur, and then they're like literally either a few hours later or the next day you're walking on stage into a it's almost like a completely different arena, you know, a different style. What was that like? What was that like to go from like I said from that to that in one day? What's that like as a as a competitor as a you know as experience? Well, I remember that day, you know, like it was yesterday because it was such a cool experience. Like you said, it's it's pretty unique to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I believe the Toronto Pro is one of the only shows where you actually can do that. So yeah, Joe Seaman was another guy that did that. Mm -hmm. uh, so so what happened was I got my pro card in the morning and then you know I had a few hours. I basically just okay now I'm I'm gonna go up on the pro stage. So I filled up as much as I could and I got ready. And I remember being on the stage, going through those mandatories and then waiting for the callouts. Mm -hmm. Now, I had no expect expectations at all. I really believed that I would probably be like last place, just considering that I'm so new and I didn't think, again, I was, I was big enough by any means. So they called me out actually pretty quickly into the second call out. But they had to call me. They called my number twice. Mm -hmm. And then they called my name because I was just kind of there <laughs> like. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Sorry, what? Who? Yeah. Oh, me. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly how it was. Yeah. And wow. I remember the way that my body felt. It was almost like my my body and my my brain were disconnected, almost like a out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. So I remember walking out there and not being able to feel anything. And I thought in my head, 
I must look so bad because I can't even feel my poses. I don't even know what I'm doing. But then I ended up getting seventh, and I ended up looking at the pictures. That's good. I ended up getting all this praise, and I ended up, I ended up beating some well-known guys. And I was yeah, like, oh, hang on, seventh oh. place. You'd have beat like I mean to be second call out. I mean that's like you said that must be a real bonus on top of you know winning the amateur the day before. So what what names were in that show? Can you can you refresh our memory? Or? Yep. So uh, uh, Juan Morel, Samson. I believe. Well, oh sorry, it was. Um, uh, Ian Valier was second. Yeah. Um, John Del Rosa was first place. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the, the rest, but I do remember uh, that I beat Max Charles, and I was like, I wow. beat somebody. Wow! Holy shit! And That's good. There was, a, there was a few names, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, you know, it's it's not really about you know who you beat. It. I mean, I guess it is sometimes, but for me, it was it was looking at the pictures and being like, wow, I belong there, and I was awarded that placing which made me feel incredible about now going into the pro rankings as somebody who has potential to be a good pro. And it was just an incredible experience overall. I mean, when you're going from, like I said, doing that, you know, the next day as a pro, I suppose it takes away the intimidation factor for if you got your pro card and then took two years off and then came back and you're thinking, what am I going into? Am I good enough? I suppose it takes away a lot of doubt and probably you know if you do really well like you did you know like second call out beating max charles you know seventh place that must be a real confidence booster for when you then leave the stage and then you come back and you know after a good off season and know that you know okay now i really do belong here as a, as a pro i totally agree with you i think my experience was a little bit different because i chose to do the new york pro the following year mm-hmm. uh as my my pro debut because i don't really count that day being a pro debut right you, you could but regardless i had a, an off season that maybe wasn't long enough i don't think i was confident enough because my goal that i would tell myself going into new york pro was oh, i just want to get a top six i just want to get top six so after that experience i realized that i wasn't training to win i was training to lose to tell myself that top six would be good enough and of course my one of my mottos is you always shoot for the moon, and if you fall short, you land among the stars. Yeah. So that year, I didn't shoot for the moon. I just, I just aimed for something high enough that I thought was was realistic, and then I ended up in tenth. So top bad, top ten. And, and top, top, and I was still happy with that because I was like, oh, okay, mate, cool, mate, I get to do nah, my posing routine. That's the number three show, mate. You know, the, that's the third most prestigious, and it's an ultra competitive show that gets a lot of new faces. Top ten in that is no mean feat, mate. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, when you when you look back and reflect, you just have to be proud of what you did. And yeah. I did the best that I could. Mm-hmm. I didn't peak properly and all that kind of stuff. But regardless, I got to do my posing routine. Nice. The posing routine was extremely controversial, which I kind of loved. Hang on, hang on, and hang on. You said the word, you said the magic word there, mate. Controversial. Here you, we go. You have my attention. What, <laughs> why, why, why was it so controversial, mate? What was it? What did you do? You didn't take your trunks off or something, did you? Nope. Like you so did for the weigh-in. <laughs> I, I put together... <laughs> so, I put together a mix of songs. Uh, one song was an EDM song, Hype Up the Crowd. And then I put on King Kong by Jibs, which is King Kong in the trunk. King Kong, <laughs> King, King. And so, what I did was I, I was beating my chest like a gorilla, <laughs> hitting poses, just having fun. And then I finished off the posing routine with Soldier Boy. So it was this elaborate routine that I put together. Mm. And I guess Bob Tricarillo picked it up and he was, he made a Facebook post about it and saying, 
bodybuilding shouldn't be this monkeying around. We should just be hitting our most musculars and things like this. So it ended up getting like over 5,000 comments. And at first I was like, oh my God, like wow. this is this is like overwhelming to me because there was obviously a mix of negative and positive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what it showed me was all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Yeah. And it also showed me that when you think outside the box and do something different, you get people's attention. Yeah. Okay, guys, sorry, I had a bit of a lighting issue, so Derek caught it. So, uh, sorry, mate, you were saying what we talked... Oh, yeah, we're talking about... Um, I said, you know, it's not like you're going on stage doing the... Is it the frog march? What's it called? The What's, what's it called? The, the Nazi walk? I don't know. <laughs> the bloody... Oh, it doesn't matter. The um, Yeah, I mean, it's not like you did something really controversial. But, uh, yeah, if that got people talking about you, mate, then, you know, that's... Um, you know, if it's, And the thing is, if you said it's comments and it's kind of... You know, there's both sides of the argument. Then you've sparked like a debate there, not just everyone's, you know, chastising you for doing something really stupid, you know? Or right, or exactly. So, yeah. At the end of the day, I knew that I was entertaining people. And I think really the posing routine is about entertaining the crowd because we're not judged on it, right? Yeah. So the fans, the people that show up, they want to see some cool, fun posing routines. Mm. So in my mind, I was thinking, well, if everybody else is just doing most musculars and very similar posing routines, I can tell when people get bored because they just kind of tune out. They go on their phones. They're not really paying attention anymore. They're talking to their friends. But during my posing routine, people were watching. So that was that was cool. Okay, guys, sorry, we had a bit of a connection issue this time. So sorry about that, Robin. <laughs> like I said, we'll edit all this, mate. So um, what was, what was, sorry, just to quickly just you know finish off that subject what was what was bob's uh, issue with that then i mean i'm sure he likes a bit of uh, pizzazz and you know and kind of uh, flaring posing routines what he said to me in person was robin i don't want to see any more monkeying around on the stage <laughs> i said okay bob i'll bring a better posing routine to toronto pro okay so that's what i did okay fair enough fair <laughs> enough okay so okay then well let's talk about generally because what what actually drew you to bodybuilding in itself yeah, so it, it's 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 a long story, really, but I'll I'll try to make it not too long. But okay. really, what happened was when I was in grade eleven, I was being bullied. I ended up developing a serious eating disorder, bulimia nervosa, wow, um, which I ended up getting hospitalized for, and I ended up getting down to about one hundred and twenty-five pounds. And, how, and I was very so, so, so sorry to interrupt, but how tall are you? Yeah. What's your height? How tall are you? Just so I can get an idea of your body weight at that time, that, you know, your sort of body mass. Yeah, I'm 5'11". 5'11", yeah. 120 pounds. That's like, yeah, nine stone, 5'11". That's, yeah, that's, that's thin. I was sick. I was yeah. very sick. And I, and I understood how sick I was. But during that time, I was embarrassed of the fact that I didn't have any friends anymore. I was being bullied. I had this eating disorder. I couldn't even tell my parents about it. And really kind of where the breaking point was, and this is pun intended, I went to, I, when I went back to school, I ended up meeting the bully again. And he wanted to arm wrestle with me in math class. And being a macho man, I accepted the challenge. And we were arm wrestling in class. He had me almost pinned, but I didn't want to give up mm -hmm. until my arm snap oh and it, no i knew i thought you were gonna say that oh <sighs> holy yeah. shit so you're really fighting for it then i gave it my all and you know i thought i was pretty confident because i was obviously delusional i looked in the mirror and i saw that i was shredded 
Mm. I had all the muscles there. Now, I was 125 pounds. They weren't big, but I was shredded. Mm. So I was like, all right, I can take this guy. And he's probably, you know, 155 pounds or whatever. Bigger kid, obviously. But when that happened, again, I was too embarrassed to even say anything. So I was like, all right, man, you won. And I just held my arm and I finished off the day and I went home and I said, mom, okay, listen, like I've got to get a cast on this thing. This is what happened. And she still didn't know about the eating disorder. She actually didn't know until pretty recently, but we went to the hospital. We got the, uh, the cast on there and that's when I had enough. So that was the breaking point. After two weeks of having that cast on, I cut that pink cast off. Yeah. And I said, we're going to go to Walmart. We're going to pick up one of those sandbag weight sets. You know, it, it, it was 65 pounds. So I, we brought it to my room. We yeah. set it up. And I remember going, okay, this is it. I'm going to get big and strong. And I'm going to defend myself from now on. I'm never going to let this happen again. So 65 pounds, it goes down. It doesn't go up. Start, mom, <laughs> mom, you got to come help me. <laughs> she helped me up. Yeah, yeah. And... Man, again, just traumatic. So what actually happened, how I started getting really into bodybuilding was during that time, I worked at a Wimpy's Diner, which is like a breakfast spot yep. in, in my town. And the, the two owners, David and Michael, they were both bodybuilders. And I think that they recognized that I was a hard worker, yeah. but I clearly had something wrong with me because of how skinny I was. And when they offered me food... I would always kind of just deny I wouldn't I wouldn't accept the food no matter what it was because I was so scared to eat and there was only very certain things that I would want to eat I would eat in private all that stuff so one day David brought me into his office he said hey man listen I've got this book here it's the Arnold book of encyclopedia bodybuilding I'm gonna give this to you <laughs> we're both nodding yeah yeah we, 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 <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot we can all book. resonate yeah, with as bodybuilders I mean you know yeah you got that one it's a, it's a great book. Yeah, so everything. I, I took that thing home. I read it cover to cover. I went back. I said, I want to do this. So he said, okay, guess what? I'm downsizing my house. I'm, I have this basement gym. It has got everything. It's got a squat rack. It's got a bench press. It's got leg extension, leg curls, got dips, wow. pull-ups, barbells. I've got weights from, <laughs> you know, dumbbells from five to 55s. It was everything I needed. He said, I'll, you know, I'll take it off your paycheck. I'll bring it over. I'll help you set it up. Mm. We set that up in my room. Now, at this point, with all that equipment in my room, there was no space left for my bed frame. So <laughs> I got rid of the bed frame. <laughs> I put, wow. That's brilliant. <laughs> I put my mattress under the squat rack. Yeah. And every month before school, <laughs> I would bring my mattress out and I would train. And that's, that's how I got into bodybuilding. And then around that time, after reading that book, I was... I was desperate for more knowledge. So I I was getting onto bodybuilding.com forums at the time and I was reading everything about nutrition and I was starting to feel empowered again that I could make choices for myself that made me feel safe and strong. And you know, it, it's actually emotional for me. Like I can feel the emotion coming up now just thinking about it. And you know, from day one, I remember having, you know, a notepad on my computer and I would write down my weights and how much I would squat and you know, I do the five by five programs that I found on bodybuilding. And I, I remember taking pictures of every meal that I would make and every supplement. And I still have them all wow. just because I, I go back sometimes for motivation to be like, look, man, look at where you came from. Wow. 
I, I, I kept a food... Sorry to interrupt. I had a food diary from 15 to 18. I wrote down everything I ate and trained. Like, I kept detailed notes of everything. I kept pads of all my lifts. And then I, on the way, the way to the gym in the bus, I'd, I'd say, okay, I did this last week and now I've got to do this this week. And, you know, those are really... Those are cool days, man. I mean, probably a bit over the top, a bit OCD. But, you know, you do what you need to do at the time, don't you, to kind of get it... You know, you're so into it. You kind of, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's very, it's, it's valuable if you if you're willing to do it. So you know, it's like that's what bodybuilding at its essence, at its core. That's what bodybuilding is. It's yeah. It's the meticulousness. It's it's the almost OCD kind of obsessiveness. That's what bodybuilding yeah. is for most of us. And over time, we develop it to the point where it becomes more second nature. But even now, I still keep the journals and I have the meals and I have everything written down because I think that's the best way to make progress. Yeah. So with that being said, I basically started training in my room. After a year of training, I ended up moving down to Toronto where I stayed with my father and I started going to university. So 18 years old, first year of university, I met a guy named Dallas in my class who was a friend of a friend. And he said, hey man, listen, there's this show and there is going to be a $500 prize for all of the class winners mm-hmm. i was like cool let's do it let's win some money and you know i accept the challenge <laughs> nice. so it was 12 weeks out i start prepping for the show we're six weeks out dallas backs out that's not how i work man i'm all in so i end up doing that show i won first place and i i finally felt like i was good at something because i was always picked last in sports yeah. i tried soccer hated it tried track and field always last Basketball, couldn't throw for shit. Basically, every sport I tried, I just felt like I was completely wrong for the sport. Mm-hmm. And bodybuilding was the one thing that I, I say, and I, I wrote an article about this to myself, from myself, saying bodybuilding saved my life. Wow. Your, yeah. your story is literally like a much higher level Canadian version of mine. Like the sand, <laughs> the sand, the sand filled weights. I started weight training at 13 because I got beaten by a girl in an arm wrestle. Oh God! I did. That's I know her name, but she's still on my Facebook. I keep ha- hounding her for a rematch. You know, like 30, 33, 32 years later, and um, imagine if you lost again. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just that. You, oh my God! <laughs> that actually did free. Or my, or she snapped my arm or something. You know, but uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of the. You know, the, like the thing is with with bodybuilding. There's so much we can kind of, you know, because sometimes it's the same things that you know why we started oh i saw an arnold film oh i you know yeah. um i had a my, my one of my one of the guy uh, my somebody i looked up to was was muscular or, or you know somebody took me under their wing and mentored me you know it's kind of like everyone has that similar story it's just that some guys kind of you know they just take it further people like yourself but you're so right i mean i think a lot of bodybuilders especially pros because we take it to the extreme yeah we start because of something traumatic that happened to us mm-hmm. and this was the outlet that made us feel like powerful confident safe secure in control again after having something that i felt like i was going to lose my life to at one point mm. and so, i think and i think if you've got like a like a like an eating disorder or something like that you're and you're, and the thing is, when you go to the gym every single time, you're literally fighting with those insecurities. You're you're fighting them back rather than let them change you as a person for the worst. Do you know what I mean? You're actually going, okay, then. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle this head on. And every time you go to the gym, that's kind of like your motivating factor. Yeah, you're you're building yourself, and 
you know, in the beginning, it was purely about building myself physically. But as I developed as a, especially into the professional ranks, I realized how much doing a lot of the inner work and learning how to love yourself, you know, for example, not getting the placing you want at a high level show, it, it can, it can make you or break you. And you have to do the inner work in order to be able to accept these failures. And they're only failures if you quit and they're only failures if you don't learn and grow from them. But that's why I love bodybuilding because it's not just bodybuilding, but it's spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. It's emotional fitness and it's you learning how to empower yourself and spread positivity to others. That's why I love it so much. I think when I started competing it after, because I didn't think I had good genetics and stuff, but when I did and I did and I won, it almost gave me like an, almost like a naive level of self-belief that shit, if I can do this, you know, and I don't have good genetics and kind of these things are working against me and I prep myself and I, you know, and I did it my way and I can still do it. It's like, shit, I can do anything. It kind of give, empowers you, doesn't it? It gives you that kind of, like you've overcome, you know, bulimia. I mean, that's, you know, was it was it bulimia anorexia or was it which which really? I mean, I know I know the difference, but what for you was it was it which one was it really? It, it was really bulimia because I would. It was kind of both, but it was really bulimia because what would happen is I would starve myself all day, right? And I would just eat like basically celery sticks, wow. and then knowing that I would have you know dinner with my family, and not really having control over what that meal would be. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, that would be kind of what set me off. So I would kind of overeat. And then what I would do, you know, and this is obviously very personal, but I'm going to share it with you guys. I would go into the shower and I would purge myself until I felt like I got it all out. And then I would wait until it was dark out and I would take my bike down to the high school. I'd go to the back of the high school where we had a track and I would run the track for two hours. And I remember running the track and not wanting to listen to music mm. because I wanted to be so hyper aware of anybody else being there with the fear that they might watch me and know that I was doing something weird. Wow. So that was very, very bizarre. But I remember that and being like, thinking about it now, it's like, that's a very weird way to think about it. But then that's kind of how I coped with it. And then I would come back home and I would start the next day and that I would just progressively slowly lose more and more weight. So aside from the, the, the weight loss, did you have any other health issues because of it? Um, well, one thing that I was kind of scared of was what happened when I was hospitalized is that I started getting these sore throats yeah. that developed into like, you know, tonsillitis or strep throat. And at one point it was so severe. This is when I ended up at 125 that I couldn't really even swallow saliva and it was extremely painful Ow. and I was on all these meds and I was like basically just I couldn't do anything just be in bed and that that really scared me because I, I realized how much damage I could be doing to my body if I didn't stop do you get people like knowing obviously you've probably put this story out there this 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 kind of this background do you get people reaching out to you to say either going through it or they've got they've got somebody in their family or their partner that's going through it I don't get that many people reaching out about it because I feel like there's still a stigma around it. And I still believe that people have a hard time admitting this. And maybe this is going to help people to understand that I still struggle with it. Okay. Even now, as a professional bodybuilder, hmm. I remember, and I'll tell you guys this and anybody who's listening, because I want people to be able to open up and get help. 
And if you want to reach out to me, I would love to help people. But what happened was after the 2019 New York Pro, yeah. I remember coming back home. I remember being so disappointed with my placing just in the moments afterwards. And then on the way home, I, you know, we stopped multiple times and I kind of just, I'd buy a Subway sandwich and I'd buy this, buy that. And I just would eat kind of whatever I want. And then, okay, now, you know, back on track Monday, Tuesday. And I remember actually planning to train with James Hollingshead. He was coming down for the Toronto Pro. Okay. So that year, the Toronto Pro, just like this year, two weeks between. So on the Wednesday before the show, it was the Tuesday night that I remember. And I had this in my mind. Okay, I'm going to have to train with James tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. But I was starving myself again. To I was thinking that I had to get in better shape. And this is now going back to my eating disorder. So I almost, instead of what I should have done is just continued on and probably filled up a little bit more and ate into the show. Yeah. I went in the reverse. I decided to cut more calories, get leaner. Uh, and the Tuesday night, I couldn't sleep. Right. Couldn't sleep. I had adrenaline. I had cortisol. I was stressed, and I'm like, "Oh man, I've I've got to put some food in my body because I'm going to train tomorrow with James. He's a beast. All this stuff." So I was up at you know three four in the morning, and I started eating. And I started out like I always did. I would always start out eating clean. So I would always have this very meticulous way of starting with the cleanest foods and ending with the dirtiest foods. Right. So I remember this night. Just like it was yesterday, I had my beef and rice meal, which would have been meal number seven, so it was an extra meal, and then I had meal eight, which was a repeat of that because I was still starving, <laughs> and then I had stocked up with a whole bunch of protein bars. Mm. I had 20 protein bars, and I decided that I would just have one, and the one turned into two, three, four, five, six, and by that point, I was starting to feel sick, mm. but you know, the floodgates had opened, so now I'm going into the pantry, and I am i don't even remember at that point, but I just remember just putting on a movie and binging, binging like crazy until I was so uncomfortable that I couldn't breathe, and I had to purge again. So this is me as a professional bodybuilder going back 10 years, you know, of progress, and, and, and just being like, oh my God, how did I get to this point? You know, I was I was okay, and then all of a sudden I let myself go like this again. So now I'm seven in the morning, like I've got to train in a couple hours. Like Jesus, so it was okay. You know, I kind of just I got through the workout, and you know, I just showed my best and brought my best like I always do. Nobody knew what went on except myself. I still looked good. I still looked okay, but inside I was it killed me that I I could have done better. So then I continued to overcompensate and I ended up taking, you know, extra diuretics going to the New York, into oh, the Toronto. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember looking at, you know, I actually remember being on stage and again, Joe Seaman was there and, you know, many other guys that were there and even some of the guys that I had beat previously that they're getting called up before me and I'm getting pushed farther and farther back. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at pictures after and I was like, wow, I basically turned myself into a piece of beef jerky. So there, <laughs> there was all this compounding stuff that went into that, and now my confidence is gone. Yeah. So. 
Right. Robin, I what you're telling me there that that you know that that day you had that's that actually sounds like there was one I won't mention this person's name but they were a pro athlete and their cheat day was basically that. It was almost at the point where it was like they were binge eating to the point where they'd be sick and then they'd go back and eat more and I was like I was telling me and I was like what's your cheat days like and I was like that doesn't sound like a cheat day to me. That sounds like someone who's got one day a week bulimia. I said that really is I said, you're going to, that's not normal. That's not a cheat day. A cheat day is not that, you know, it's a bit of extra carbs or a cheat meal or something you've been craving, like a bit of chocolate cake or something. I said, but what you've got there? I said, that sounds like an undiagnosed, you know, like um, eating disorder. I mean, that's really, that's really not, that doesn't sound good to me. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like it's good for your body either, you know, doing all that, you know? So, but um, I mean, I was about to ask actually, you know, now all these years later, you know, um, if you have a good relationship with food. But I was going to say, like, if you have one, like you said, one bad placing, it can trigger something that, you know, you've previously left behind like 20 years ago. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that I've had now two years completely not binging or right. purging. And, you know, that makes me feel good. But it, it's not to say that it, it couldn't happen at every moment, at any moment. Mm. So you always have to be on guard I realized this also, I learned the fact dealing with actually a drug addiction at one point during my uh, amateur bodybuilding career. So this this is just like a drug addiction where if you're addicted to a drug or if you're addicted to food, yeah. it doesn't matter if you binge on it once a year and relapse, it's still an addiction. It's, yep. still, it's still bulimia. Like you said, if it's once a week, mm-hmm. if it's once a month, if it's once a year, it doesn't matter because it's it's still an issue. And I think it's good that we talk about this stuff because that person that you mentioned, maybe they didn't, they're not recognizing yet or they haven't come to the fact that they need to accept that as something that is gonna potentially harm them or is harming them and that they can get help and they can actually get better and find a new way to deal with that. The problem is they legitimized it as a cheat day. So it's like, no, I'm allowed to do this because this is what people do. This is what all bodybuilders do on a cheat day, right? And I'm like, no, actually they don't. They don't. That is that's that is far removed from a cheat day. That's something that could, you know, either, you know, you maybe you, you feel like you've got control over it now, but really you don't because that's not, you know, that's not a normal way of, of being or, or eating, you know? <laughs> so and that's why that's why these things are so insidious because yeah. You, you will justify they masquerade. it to yourself. They masquerade as something else. Exactly. You will believe it so deeply in your mind that what you're doing is okay yeah. until it gets to a certain point where it's not. Just like drug addiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's like, uh, well, alcoholism or something. You know, I, I drink to relax. It's like, well, you're drinking every day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, yeah, you know, oh, oh, I, I, smoke, I smoke weed like all day long because it, it helps my anxiety. It's like, well, you know, it's probably giving it to you over the long term, really, you know. I've been there. And and these are things, like I said, this is the inner work. Mm. You know, even something as harmless as smoking marijuana. It's a perfect example because it's, and alcohol too, because it's so socially acceptable. You could smoke all day and you can still be a bodybuilder and there's so many ways you can justify it. Mm -hmm. Hey man, you know, it helps me with my appetite. It helps me sleep. It helps me relax. That old chestnut. But guess what? When you try to stop, it's extremely difficult for you to stop. Yeah. And that's how you know it's a problem. Mm. 
if you have to rely on something, if it's something that you do, if you do not have complete control over it, it's an addiction. Mm. And you think you have control of it, but you don't actually have any control over it. It has control over you. That's right. You know? That's right. So, oh. Robin, because um, we've got our next guest in like 10, 15 minutes. Because um, <laughs> I, I want to, I'm trying to wrap it up, but I don't want to stay off the subject. That's we're, we're kind of, I'm finding very, very interesting. And I know the viewers are going to be finding this very interesting as well. So let's just turn it around to bodybuilding quickly. Um, what's what's next for you then mate um you've had you know good good placing at the new york pro what's what's the next stage for you certainly for this year go i'm going to be doing the toronto pro in seven days awesome after that it's going to be up to my coach dorian hamilton whether he decides we keep going or whether we go into off season the goal is to get to the olympia so whatever i have to do to get there whether it's this year or next year i did get feedback from tyler and i know what i need to do mm-hmm. i'm confident that i'll be able to do it I have an incredible support team that I work with, trainers, coaches, mindset experts. Mm. I've got my beautiful wife at home here. I've got everything I need to be my very best, so I'm very confident that I will get there. Good. And so how old are you now, mate? Uh, th- I just turned 30 years old. Th- oh, God, he's still got, yeah, he's still young then, you know? It's a um, good, good place to kind of be in, really, for, for your age and where you're at in career and everything, so... So are you um like I was like I said I was talking to Joe yesterday he's doing the Toronto Pro are you looking forward to is there any other names you're looking forward to going up against I know Ian Valier's in uh, Hassan Must- Hassan Mustafa's in it you know you excited about the lineup I'm so excited about the lineup I I love the Toronto Pro because that's where I turned pro yeah it, it's like it's 20 minutes away from where I live mm-hmm. um my coach is going to be there I've always wanted to have my coach there at a pro show with me it's never happened before this is gonna be the first time. I'm also really excited to compete with one of my best friends, who is a new IFBB pro. He's making his pro debut. Who's this? Morgan McDonald. Okay, I've not heard of this guy. Is he good? He's great. He's a monster. He's uh, <laughs> 6'2", 275 pounds in contest shape. He's a tall guy that has giant legs. Mm-hmm. And wow, that's good. We also, wow. We, we also have a podcast together called the Canadian Beef Podcast. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. So... I'm really looking forward to getting on stage with friends and just having a good time because, again, like, finally, I get to have a coach there. Yeah. My my family's going to be there. My friends are going to be there. It's no stress because it's so close for me. So I, I just, I'm so excited to do that show. Good. I think the shows that really the ones that meant the most to me are the ones where my family and friends were, you know, are like... You know, because those are the ones that meant the most to me because they'd like traveled. I mean, some had traveled from overseas, you know, to come and see me at a particular show. And, and that's the one that really, when I was up on stage, you hear the name, you know, shouting. And, you know, it's, it's, it just makes that show extra special for you, you know? So. Absolutely. I mean, it, it makes a huge difference when you're on that stage, too. You have the, the, the extra energy from people cheering for you. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's just more stuff to look forward to, to see all those faces there before and after and just be around that positive energy. And also, Robin, um, this results of the Cali Pro, were you, were you shocked by them? I was shocked, for sure. Um, but, but really, like, you know, I'm a conditioning guy. Mm. So I was so happy that Ross got the win because... I just, I was blown away by how he showed up. He brought probably one of the best shapes conditioning-wise that we've seen in a long time Mm. on a pro bodybuilding stage. So I think that deserves to win when things are that close. So I think Tonio is also an incredible champion. 
I think extremely highly of Sergio and Stu and all the other guys that compete too, because I've competed with many of those guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a fantastic lineup. The live stream was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. I almost wish wish I was there doing it. Because I was thinking, well, the thing is, though, you can't. I mean, some guys like to do every single bloody show, but some are like, no, look, there's there's Toronto. You may as well just focus on Toronto. It's 20 minutes from your house. Your exactly. coach is there. Your family's there. You may it makes sense. I mean, what value would you have had if you'd have gone and done that and then rushed back, trying to peak again three times in three weeks? It's it's bloody tough, mate. That and just, you know, sticking with the original plan, I think is so important because when yeah. you start to yeah. do things last minute or, oh, we're going to jump in here and jump in there, hmm. I don't think your mindset's going to be 100% on. And uh, I think that everything does happen for a reason. So it just gave me extra motivation to bring the conditioning that I know it can bring. Yes. I'm always focused on being the most conditioned guy on stage, but I've got more work to do. So we're going to get it done. Good. Robin, I'm literally about, I'm getting blinded here. So I think we're going to have to... <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like casually like move away from the light, but we're gonna have to get some light blockers up now, mate. And I've actually got Tonio on in like five ten minutes. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah so should. it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really good episode, and this has been great. And I I think I'm thinking actually towards the end, I was thinking I'm gonna have to get you on for a part two because I think there's a lot of stuff that we haven't covered that I would like to cover. So this has been a really this hasn't been an interview. This has been a conversation. Those are the ones I actually prefer doing when it kind of finds its own way, you know. And uh, and also I really resonated with some of the things you said about like <laughs> the arm wrestling and the how you started and all that. And it was interesting hearing you know, a story that obviously, you know, must be hard for you to kind of talk about on a public platform, but probably quite cathartic and quite healing, you know, for you. So, um, oh, sun's gone in there. So, um, yeah, but Robin, I'm going to let you go, mate. But thank you so much for coming to Globe Muscle. Um, uh, this has been really, really good, really interesting. And uh, all the best for Toronto. And, uh, and, I'll, and definitely, I will get you back on for part two. Definitely, mate. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Giles. I really also, you know, I enjoy the fact that, you know, we could resonate over something like that. And I didn't know that about you, obviously. But, you know, now that I know that about you, I'm looking forward to talking about that more. Um, and maybe we'll have some more laughs as well in the next episode. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for having me on. Cool. All right. And Robin, uh, Derek, can I quickly ask him? No, no. I, th- I think you. I think you've done. I think you've done great. I think, and I like the way that you know you you touched on some points where a lot of people cover up. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you, you you know bringing these things to light, the and and then to to know that you can overcome it, yeah, you can come, overcome it. So that's 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 absolutely absolutely great to hear, awesome. great to hear. So I'm just just looking at how much size you put on Derek. He's getting bigger every week, Robin. He's just back training hard now. And he's... I was just I was just thinking that I'm like you're you're outsizing that entire desk. Yeah. <laughs> he's he literally I, I I refer to him as Yorkshire's answer to either Mr. T or Ronnie Coleman. A bit of a combo. <laughs> Because he, well, mainly because he doesn't like flying. So, you know, and getting on a plane. So, uh, but it's like a bit of Ronnie Coleman in there as well. So, uh, but a stunt double. But, uh, right, guys, we're going to crack on, get it light blocked, and uh, and I'll let Robin go. But like I said, thank, uh, thank you again, and all the best for Toronto, mate. Go kick some ass. Yeah, good luck. All right, thanks, guys, so much. Lots of love. No, all no, the best. Lots Take of care. pound in the chest again on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not for a while. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, all right. I'll do that for your debut. Yeah, go yeah. For it. Go give, for a little, it. give a little wink to Bob as well when he's there. <laughs> yeah, cool. It. All right, then, mate. Speak to you soon. And for the first time in a while, we've got a female guest. We have Emily Schubert, all the way from, I've completely forgot, Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you did only tell me like 30 seconds ago. So, Emily, Emily, thank you so much for coming to Global Muscle. And oh my God, you look absolutely incredible at the New York Pro. How do you feel about that? Thank you so much. Um, it was a whirlwind. Um, you know, coming off of Pittsburgh, we jumped right into that show. So, you know, th- I think it was four days after I got off stage at Pitt, um, I was driving myself out to uh, Teaneck, New Jersey to compete uh, by myself. So I packed up my car, wow. um, drove out there uh, on the road. You know, it's it's rough when you're depleting and you're tired and exhausted, but I still had all that energy coming off and, and I was ready to get back up there and, and battle again. So, you know, going into New York was was definitely a lot of excitement. Um, my coach and I felt like we were going to bring a better, even better back package than we did the week previously. Um, so my energy was high. Um, I had really good spirits going into that show and, and I was ready to have fun on stage again. I was, um, I was at the gym training legs because my gym is only literally a four minute drive away. And I was at the I was at the gym last last week, and the the photos are coming through. Uh, Ron Harris's like iPhone pictures that we put onto the you know we we use as reference, and they go onto the forum. We do a play by play, and the picture came through. It was a rear double bicep of you next to Natalia, <laughs> and I just said I said on the group chat I could probably check my phone actually I've got it here. I said holy shit! Oh, sorry, pardon my French. I was so like, I mean, it was really, it was like the glutes, the quads. I mean, wow, your entire lower body completely blew my mind. Oh my God. I mean, the condition. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I work hard on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it certainly shows. Certainly shows. So can you give us a bit of uh, background information about your, you know, how you turn pro, um, your contest history, some of the highlights, you know, to now? Yeah, yeah. So I got into bodybuilding um, right at the end of my college career. Um, I was a pole vaulter at a Division II college here in Pennsylvania. Um, I got injured, um, you know, and that kind of put an an end to that. So I wanted to stay competitive in some way. And I loved being in the gym. So, you know, I I got exposed to bodybuilding. um, And right after school, I got with my first coach. Um, and realized that he wasn't he wasn't a good fit for me. He didn't take it as seriously as I had wanted. Um, so shortly after about a year, um, I switched coaches to my current coach right now, Derek Natcher, with Team Wild Performance Training. Okay. Um, I got with him at the end of 2017 and went into an off season with him. We competed the first time together in 2018. Um, we actually did the Pit Amateur Show. Um, won that two weeks later. He turned me pro at Junior USA's. Um, and then from there, it's kind of, you know, it's it's been a ride. I mean, we did a pro season in 2019, um, three shows back to back to back. Um, I placed about middle of the pack in all of them. Um, then we went into 2020, of course, with COVID happening. Um, at the end of 2020, I actually won my first pro show, which qualified me for the 2021 Olympia. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was the game plan. We were going to take 21 off. But after winning and, and qualifying, you know, you don't you don't turn down the Olympia. Mm. So we decided to go into that. Um, the Olympia in 2021 was my first show of the year. And unfortunately, about a month out, I injured myself. Um, I hurt my left knee. So going into that show, we brought about an 80 percent package of what we had hoped to bring. Um, but I was still able to step on stage. I was still able to experience the weekend. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was a good experience. We did two shows after that um, to kind of wrap up the season, get a little bit more experience on stage. And then we took 2022 off. So we took a whole entire year off. That was my first time taking a full year off of competing ever since I started. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was 
it was nice to give my body the the break and the nourishment that it kind of it wanted. Yeah. Um, my food got to the highest it's ever been, um, and I was eating free meals on top of that. So I was eating, <laughs> <Yeah>. eating a <laughs> lot of food. <laughs> That's a good coach. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely um, like as a female, you're a little bit nervous to see the scale jump up and mm. and realize like, oh my gosh, I'm eating all this food and like I'm just not fitting in my clothes. Um, but it was really cool because I was able to focus in the gym with my my output. So you know, week to week, my numbers were increasing. I felt stronger. I felt like I had you know more push in the gym. So it was kind of like you know, if I'm if I'm getting the the fun out of the training and I'm seeing that progress, mm. then like I'm gonna eat the food and I'm gonna use it to to fuel me in the gym. Um, so it was a really fun year for me to actually take the whole year off and and really focus on my training. Personally, I think it's very important for a certainly women's physique where conditioning is very, very crucial. I think it's important for athletes to take time off. So for yes. you to take a full year off because you know how harsh true conditioning is on a woman's body, on the, you know, on every, everything, the hormones, everything, the just like the hair, every, you know, the skin, everything. I think it's really important to reset everything, give it a break. I find the ones that kind of just do show after show, because maybe just they just love it and they love being in condition. I find that they're the ones that don't tend to last as long. So I think this one step back, two steps forward approach certainly works for the shredded girls, you know, people like these ladies like yourself in women's physique. A hundred percent. And that's actually one of the main reasons why I chose my coach. He puts a great emphasis on health and recovery and making sure that we're, you know, thinking of life after bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, you know, naturally we want to do this as long as we can, but we don't want to make any, you know, rash decisions or or choices now that could lead to long term effects. So with him and I being on the same page, you know, I understood that taking a year off was in my best interest. And with him and I understanding what my goals are in the sport, um, I knew that, you know, sitting out and and waiting and being patient and putting in the time and the work was going to pay off in the long run. So, you know, it, it really does pay off to, to listen to your body and, and treat it right and well. So what made you choose women's physique? Uh, so I, my first, inspiration was Dana Lynn Bailey. Um, and I just, I loved how she carried herself. Um, I loved that she wasn't afraid to be a strong female, um, and, and lift heavy weights and go hard in the gym. Um, watching her training videos was actually like my first little, um, memory of, of really getting into bodybuilding and, and getting into all the, the motivational videos and the training videos. And so she was probably the first, um, woman that I looked up to. And I just, I always wanted to be a muscular build, um, to be strong, to, to go into the gym and, and lift heavy weights and, and do something kind of impressive was always, you know, my, the, my goal in the back of my head. You can tell you're strong because you've got that kind of muscularity, that dense kind of muscular. You've got a lot, you know, a lot of detail, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. Do you know what I mean? And you can't, <laughs> you can't really get that from light cable work. Yeah, yeah. My coach and I, he, um, we always call it that, I, that I'm on a leash because of my training. I, I go, I push, I push, I push. Yeah. So with him, it's almost like he has to hold me back a little bit. Um, like, like for example, I used to have back squats in my um, training protocol, and I was getting upwards of you know four or five for sets of like ten to twelve, and 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 kind of pushing weight there. So he said, you know, 
we're not really getting what we need to out of that movement because you're just you're strong and you're in you're pushing it so we actually had to switch and, and remove that exercise so he has a lot of say on what i'm doing in the gym because if not i'm just going balls to the wall you know as hard as i can um so he's he's kind of the voice of reason behind it all so um tell me your style of training yeah, so mainly progressive overload. Um, we usually typically will do a three on, one off, um, depending on how my body feels and how recovery is. Mm-hmm. Um, we typically will choose, my coach controls my training, so he writes out my protocol and my programming. Um, so we're really paying attention to what body parts that we need to bring up, making sure that we're putting the emphasis where we need to. Mm-hmm. So for me, my legs seem to be dominant, so we train <laughs> yeah. them to kind of sure i am yeah. <laughs> i couldn't help but notice like oh my god your legs absolutely i saw a video you posted today with the, your flexing your legs and stuff and i was just like the density and the layers of the muscle in your like and, and, and all i mean i love the thing is i'm a conditioning i love conditioning do you know what i mean male or female Same. i think it's absolute king do you know what i mean so to see that like you know that level of density it's like it's really really cool because i know how hard it is to bloody achieve that that level of muscularity and size and, and conditioning, it's just a hats off to you, you know? Thank you, thank you, yeah. Yeah, so my, my legs tend to, to take over. Um, so we actually keep them about one time a week. So we have one leg day where it's everything. So I go hard <laughs> and heavy for quads, hamstrings, glutes, and kind of just, you know, not annihilate them, but I, but I you know, crush them pretty good. And then um, we have a, a, a secondary day where I touch them just a little bit. So it's more volume, a little bit lighter weights, um, less exercises. And then the rest is mainly upper body. So we're hitting my arms usually two to three times a week, my shoulders wow. at least twice a week, back at least twice a week. Wow. Um, so we're, we're trying to bring up the upper body to kind of match it. And that's how my food goes as well. So my coach usually will feed me more on my upper body days and a little bit less on that lower body day um, just to, to allow my body to put those – uh, the the nutrients where they need to go. So I mean, you've just had a really. I mean, thing is, you know, the New York Pro. You know, you were going up against like the <laughs> the current Olympia champion. What, what what was your feeling when you knew that? You know, because that doesn't really happen very often. Where the the, the sitting uh, defend. Well, sorry, the current Olympia champion will go and do a, another show apart from the Olympia because it's like you'd, you'd think that all they want to do is work year round to defend their title but what was your feelings when the numero uno who's never off was coming into the two shows that you were doing yeah so it's funny because that's not the first time i've gone into a pro show with natalia so the two shows i did after the 2021 olympia she was actually there um she won both of those shows as well and then going into pit she was there um she ended up winning pit this year and then going into new york she was there so it's like she's everywhere she's following Um, you around isn't she yeah yeah it's one of those things where i can only control me and what i bring to the table so you know i'm gonna bring my best package and and you know fight for that that top spot and you know let the chips fall where they may um unfortunately it is kind of hard to go up against miss olympia herself Mm -hmm. with that title kind of being held in her name um so it's it's frustrating in in an aspect but um you know i'm not gonna step down from competition that's what we do this for and and i'm not looking for an easy win you know i want it to feel good when i finally do win um so i'd rather it be good against good competition than than not she didn't blow you off the stage no, yeah, she, yeah no ser- seriously <laughs> seriously because i 
And I said, when I saw that renewal bicycle, I said, my God, I said, because I said, because this, this, this lady, could she win this? You know, I said, because this is like, you know, like Natalia really, for a Charlotte New York pro, is really should be next level. And it's like this, this girl, I said, she's, she's really holding her own against her. I mean, there's the, that final two. I mean, I'll send you the pictures on DM. I've got them on my phone. There's some really nice shots. And I'll tell you what, I said, this is, this is close. Yeah, it's definitely cool to, I mean, being my first time on stage in what, a year, almost a year and a half, mm. um, might, might even be more than that. It's it's kind of daunting to be already compared to the, the, the top in your division. Yeah. So that, I don't I don't think it's actually set in with me just quite yet, the fact that um, I'm, I'm right in that mix. Because I, I look at, at things on paper and I'm kind of like, well, I'm not qualified yet. I really haven't done anything yet. Um, but you know, it's, it's still, those those pictures are floating around there on the internet and, and people are talking and it's, it's kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe this is within reach, you know, when, when you start in this sport, your dream is always to be, you know, at the Olympia and, and possibly be Miss Olympia. So to, to realize that like, it could be within a grasp is, is yeah. quite a cool concept to, to wrap my head around. Please tell me you'll do more shows this year. Yeah, yeah, we're getting ready to. Yeah, fantastic. Good, <laughs> yeah, good. We're no, getting good. ready to compete again here soon. So hopefully good. it'll be a one, and then we can kind of, you know, look forward to to something bigger. I think I think this is gonna actually, because I think you'll get a win if you do like more shows. I think you're gonna get a win. I mean, I think that's that's pretty much. I'd be very shocked if you didn't. Very very shocked. So I think this 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 kind of being so close to Natalia. And it not being on stage at the Olympia, I think it's going to serve you well by the time you get to the Olympia because it's going to be like, look, this is this is the lady that really, you know, was really breathing down Natalia's neck at, in two shows. So I think I think you know you've got to get a win. Please get a win and go get to the Olympia because I think I think you're gonna I think you'll shock yourself. I think you will. Trust me, trust me. My competitive spirit. We're, we're not done. <laughs> nice. We're not done. <laughs> nice. So what drew you to bodybuilding in itself then? Oh. um... I don't know. I think the fact that it's so challenging in a way that it tests you not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, it it's it's something that every single day I'm I'm telling myself, you know, can I improve? Can I get better? What can I do to get even one percent better than I was yesterday? Mm. Um, so it's it's for me. I'm a very Type A personality. Um, very obsessive. Very um, very driven. Um, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it excessively or not at all. Um, so for me, bodybuilding is kind of, um, it's easy for me to wrap my personality around. Mm. Um, it's very easy for me to stay on a, a strict schedule, um, even deep in off season. You know, I was getting up and going to sleep at the same time, uh, making sure I hit my meals properly and at the, around the same times. So it, it's easy for me to live that groundhog's kind of style of life. Um, kind of like living in in the box of bodybuilding. Hmm. Um, and for me, you know, to to see what I can do with not only with my body, but but testing my mind as well. Um, you know, the the struggles you put yourself through, and you have to remember, like this is all a choice. You know, we're not there's no gun to our head saying you're gonna diet on fish and asparagus and that's it. You know, this is this is a choice. It's a privilege to to compete in this sport. And for me, it's really cool to see what I'm capable of and and pushing the envelope to see what I can do next. As a, 
as a sort of women's physique competitor, what are your views? Because I found personally, because I've really followed the, you know, since it started like well, 10, 10, 11 years ago, 12, 2012, 2013. And I saw, I think it was 20, well, it was 2017 when I really saw the level of conditioning in women's physique go to another level. I mean, I spoke to Juliana Malakan because if you look, if you compare a 2016 Olympia to a 2017 Olympia look, you know, the, the 2017 was so much harder. And I asked her this and she said, I did that because I felt that that was where the, the division was going. She said, but personally for my physique, I didn't like it. I preferred my softer, rounder look that I brought for my first, you know, I think three Olympia wins. So as a competitor, what are your views on, because like now, really, if you ain't got shredded glutes in women's physique, you ain't placing top five in any show. So what's your, what's yeah. your, what's your overall views on that? I'm curious. Um, I personally, I'm a fan of conditioning. Um, I think showing detail in the musculature is what kind of brings that beauty to a, a physique, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the softer looks on stage, especially with those bright lights, it doesn't, I don't think it, it it's quite as impressive. Um, like sure, it's a little bit more feminine and, and you get that more shapely look to you. But for me, I've always been into that freaky look. Oh, really? Um, that you like. Yeah, that you know, it, it catches your eye, and you're like, "Wow, that is yeah, that's yeah. crazy." The human body can look like that. That's nuts. So for me, I've always liked that grainy, striated, you know, vascular look. That's just it's it's what I prefer. It's funny because most of the most of the athletes I ask them, especially women's physique, they'll say, "Oh, I like my physique like just when I'm a few weeks into a prep, when the muscles starting to pop, and you know I've still got a bit of body fat." But you're like, "No, no." So when when would you when do you like your physique at its best? Is it show day or? Um, it's funny because my coach and I will laugh about this, but I actually prefer it when I'm like depleted and flat and tight and dry uh, yeah. and i like send these pictures to my coach and i'm like holy crap look how crazy i look and he's like yeah you're flat as a board um but that's just and it, it's funny too because when he fills me finally and i'm like full i tell him i'm like oh, i feel fat like what is that like you know i feel like my bot my muscles are going away he's like no you're just actually full <laughs> for once mm. so for me i prefer that like dry um dry crispy look on me okay. um but you know, personally, I, I really enjoy being like in the midst of, of deep off or deep in season. So for me, this last month has been super fun to go from a show to a show to another show and just watch my body kind of keep transforming day after day. Because, you know, now we're at the point where daily I'm seeing changes and it's it's super cool. It's like a science experiment. Wow. So what do you look like in the off season? Because some ladies like to kind of go almost to reset and some like to go big and, you know, heavy. And, and, and you know, others like Natalia like to stay in pretty much con- contest condition near year round. What, what what do you like? What's your what's your preferred state of being? Yeah. So with uh, with my coach, you know, we're, we're obviously focusing more on performance in the off season. Yeah. So for me, I do put on a, a, a good bit of weight. Um, I would say in season right now, I'm like, high 140s 150s you know right around show um majority of prep i was in the 160s -hmm. um off season i was pushing about 180 right around there um so yeah it's quite a softer look um it's definitely something that has taken me a little bit of time to get used to Mm -hmm. um you know seeing yourself go from shredded and and all this definition to now a softer you know your face gets a little bit more rounder um your clothes don't fit the same um 
it's definitely something I've, I've learned to come into as I'm getting older as a woman is to, to kind of embrace that femininity and understand that like a softer look is, is okay. And, and to, to gain weight is okay. And I think that's a topic that isn't talked about enough amongst us female competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because, you know, when you go on Instagram, all you see are the shredded in season pictures and videos yep. and, and not a lot of the females will show you their off season and for me, that's that's a big goal of mine is to show you every step that I'm going through because that's that's normal. It's it's the process. I mean, Natalia aside, because she is literally shredded all year round. I don't. I actually yeah. don't. Actually, I don't know how she's done it for so long, so successfully. It's quite it's quite something really, and I'm not I, I'm not sure whether it's the best approach, but it clearly works for her. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure genetics play a part in that. Yeah, um, possibly. You know, and possibly. for her, she's. She's getting on stage every, what, three, four months. So yeah. she can't really gain that much yeah. weight, you know, because then it's harder to get it off. And then you're putting your body through even more pressure and more strain. So for her, you know, she probably needs to stay within that, you know, 10 to 15, if that, if that um, around her stage weight in order to, to compete as often as she really wants to be competing. Mm. And that's a choice that her and her coach have to make, you know true so women's physique do you see yourself always staying in women's physique or have you ever been tempted or are you looking to the future and thinking maybe female bodybuilding with obviously with it coming back to the olympia what's your thoughts on that yeah so as of right now this season we're gonna stay in women's physique just because that's the feedback that we've gotten from the judges yeah um going into pit that was my coach and i's goal was to to kind of see where i would place after taking a year off and, and adding about uh 11 pounds of stage weight so, you know, we weren't sure what the, the feedback was going to be, um, you know, and obviously, you know, battling Miss Olympia, we're going to stay in women's physique for now. Um, moving forward, I would say the door's not shut on women's bodybuilding, mainly because it depends on my training. So if I get to a mm. point where I would have to hold back in the gym in order to stay in women's physique, it would be a harder decision for me not to move up. Yeah. But, you know, if, if my look is is more preferred, in women's physique, then then we'll stay there and kind of work what we got and fine tune everything. So it it really depends on um, kind of the way my body goes. You know, if we take another full year off and, and train and eat as we did this past year, you know, we might have to look into to swapping over into women's bodybuilding. But that'll come, you know, in time and and you know see what happens with my body. Reason that kind of popped into my head was because when you said that you know you you're a real training freak, you love training, you love training hard and heavy, and you've got that look to you. I think you're the sort of person that will probably, at some point, fight to almost when you get to the point where like okay, you know you can't get any bigger for women's physique, and you're you're like well my body is the kind of way I'm treating it and training it, it's gonna grow anyway. So I think I think I think maybe I don't know whether a year, two years, three years down the line. Also, depending on how you do it, say at the Olympia, I mean, if you're like, you end up like top three Olympia or you end up winning the Olympia, you're going to have to stay women's physique, really, you know? So I just think, I just think like, I think about Michaela Acock. She's very, you know, she's, she just loves to train. And she said, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold back anymore. My body just wanted to grow. Exactly. Yeah. I am personally a huge fan of Michaela. Um, she's a workhorse and that's, Incredible. that's what I respect in the sport. Um, so I look, I can look up to her a lot. Um, and kind of, you know, her journey is something that I could see being similar to mine as in, you know, eventually if I ever cap out the women's physique division, then I'm not afraid to move up. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to feel like I would be ready to be competitive in the women's bodybuilding division if I were to. 
Um, do you like the the look of the female bodybuilders now that the kind of category is properly returned? I mean, you've got Andrea Shaw. You know, we've um, you know, I can't. I can't it's all I can think about Andrea Shaw because she's so awesome. <laughs> it's like, do you, I mean, really, like now because really, you know, now they're coming back. It's a, it's a much nicer look. That the, the I personally, I mean, I'm going to say it. You know, it is a the, the the ladies out there in the women's female body, but now I think they're just absolutely incredible. You know, I think they've really they paid attention to the to the right things. Is is how I'm trying. I to say agree. It. I agree. I think there's more of an emphasis on shape yes. and, and proportion mm. than ever before. Um, and definitely with posing too, you know, some of the women that are, are becoming bigger in that division and, and kind of being a standout are learning really how to present their physiques in a flattering way, mm. in a more feminine way. And I yes. think that is working in their favor. Um, personally, I don't think Andrea Shaw's beatable. Do you? <laughs> I like to say anyone's beatable, mm. <laughs> but Andrea definitely, I mean, she, you can't take your eyes off of her. Um, you know, when she's on stage, she lights it up. She's graceful. She's feminine. She's beautiful. You know, she has the the muscularity, the density, the yeah. size, the symmetry, purport. She has, you know, she checks every box. Um, you know, it's it's a matter of time when a new, a, you know, new talent comes in. Um, but for right now, she kind of has had a lock on the division. And that's <laughs> kind of like the, yeah. the, the epitome of women's bodybuilding right now. You know, just like you said, you think women's bodybuilding, boom, Andrea Shaw's right there. And she's yep. a, and a wonderful person on top of that. So her personality definitely makes you like one over in, in her for the for the champion of the, the division. Absolutely. I mean, I think if, I mean, like Sydney Gillen in the figure and you've got Andrea Shaw, it's like, unless they do something and they come in and they mess up Missy or they get... Missy Truscott and fitness. Missy yeah. Truscott, yeah. I mean, I just think, I, I, I just sometimes think, you know, if they, unless they injure themselves or something are they are they are they even remotely beatable of this next couple of years because they're like you said they tick every box they're so good there's so, i was there at the olympia like second row last year and i was thinking she's so far ahead of the pack and the other w women are absolutely amazing you know it's, it's just incredible yeah. to see it's just like chris sebum you know sebum with, with yes Zizek. yeah god yeah um, yeah you yeah. know it's it, he is undeniable it's he, yeah. he has so much talent and so much um, of the of the boxes check that you're like can anyone beat him but that's mm. part of the fun of watching is you know seeing how close these other guys can get to him and, and whether or not you know they're going to take over or not so obviously you know you're you're a hardcore bodybuilder yourself do you follow the male male side are you into that yeah yeah i actually do quite a bit um i've gotten really into the the podcasting okay so i'll watch a lot of the interviews and the the coverage and the training videos and and i'll get into their um, their actual own YouTube channels I'll start watching. So nice, nice. it's really, um, for me, I, I almost watch more of the, the guys' content um, than than the females. But it's, I mean, I think I relate more to the guys because they're a little bit more, like, hardcore when it comes to, to <laughs> yeah. bodybuilding. Nice. Yeah. 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 I, would, I would say, like, I'm old school mentality um, of, of, of bodybuilding. It's pretty boring, but no, no, it's that's pretty much speaking our language, honey, Derek. <laughs> so who's uh, so who's your favorite male bodybuilder right now, currently competing, Ooh. or and also f uh, of all time? Oh, of all time. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> Come on, thumb screws. <laughs> I would say right now, I really am enjoying watching um, Sean Clarita's journey. Yeah. Um, Derek Lunsford's journey. Mm -hmm. um, I've been a fan of Ian quite a bit. He's just, a, you know, they're all workhorses. Mm -hmm. um, Hunter's 
is is nice to watch too, especially now that he's kind of changing directions with his program and his protocol. So it's cool to see someone at that high of a level make that drastic of a change in their normal routine. Because yeah. for me, that would be like so scary. Um, so it's really cool to see him kind of um, documenting that and showing his journey through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so mad respect for him. Um, all time, jeez. Um, what about the '90s guys? I mean, that was that was the era I was. I started following in 1990, and I was spoiled for that decade. I got to be honest. So, yeah, who's your favorite um, from that from that era? Ooh, um, I mean, Dennis Wolf is pretty cool. Mm. Awesome. Um, let's see who else. <laughs> who else? Have you ever have you ever trained with any of them? Amir, Amir's another top choice. I just his. Okay. His body was just so pretty. So there, there's a poster of him at my old gym that I used to go to. And it was, um, he was in this pose, like a, a front lat spread and he had his one leg popped up and it was just, it was so iconic. And every day I would look at it and just think like, man, I wish I could be as cool as that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So do you get any help with your posing as well? Cause I noticed your posing was quite good. Well, very good. Ooh, Thank you. Thank you. So that's actually um, an aspect that I'm super proud of because I do all my posing myself. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that's good. Yeah. There, there is no posing coach. Uh, my, my coach, Derek, will will kind of give his opinion on certain things. But yeah. for the most part, you know, I'm doing all of my posing choices and, and practicing and, and tweaking and all that on my own. Um, my routines are all created by myself. The past two that I did were actually freestyled. Brilliant. Um, so I kind of just picked a song and, and went for it and kind of let it flow while I was on stage. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I actually hate hearing that because when it, when somebody like uh, uh, the French bodybuilder, Theo Legeria, I've seen him pose. He's absolutely fantastic. And he tells me, oh, I just make it up as I go along. I'm, I'm like, yeah, but if you actually choreograph something, think how much it may- I mean, it's great to see you. Great poser. But imagine if you choreograph, it'd be even better. And he's like, well, maybe, maybe not. And I'm like, because, you know, obviously you, you have natural posing ability. If you can go on stage, Cedric McMillan would do that. He'd say, he'd just go on and, and, you know, and bring the house down. And it's like, but that's just you've just done it off the top of your head. It's like, I, cause I mean, well, me, when I was prepping, I'd, I'd start my posing routine literally when I started my prep 12, 16 weeks out, you know, and it was just every single day. And then people like yourself go on and they can just feel the music and pull something absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's something I might try in the future, but <laughs> for right now, I feel like if I were to try and create something and, and memorize mm. it, I feel like on stage, if I blank, you know, it's it's right. going to be super noticeable. But <laughs> for right now, it's like I just kind of feel the music and, and let my body do what it wants to do. And mm. and for me, that's where I feel free. Um, these past two shows, I had the time of my life on stage. It was Good. there was no fear. There were no nerves. Um, I felt the crowd. I, I played off of it. Um, so it's kind of cool, you know, especially at New York. I started in in some back poses and i i heard the crowd kind of you know cheering me on so i'm yeah. like okay i'm gonna keep going with this you know, show off a little bit more here see so it's nice to have the freedom to do that if you did that and you had a choreographed routine and you're like okay i'm gonna have to turn to the front now and you but you've lost the audience and then you're trying to fill the gaps of your choreographed routine that you had memorized yeah i do see a point okay i'll let you off i'll, yeah. let, I'll let you off this once <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Emily. Um, also, tell us because um, I said uh, I said to Derek before we started filming. I said Schubert. I said it's probably German. And then you, before we started f- recording for Global, you said um, what, you're a bit of a mix, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So German, Polish, <laughs> Czech, Slovak. 
How... Um, kind of like the Eastern European. Okay, okay. How do you know all that? I mean, how do you obviously trace your family tree or? Yeah, yeah. So my <laughs> um, my sister and my cousin yeah. got into like the ancestry stuff. Okay. So they've been kind of like trying to find our lineage. So they'll they'll kind of search back and see our different family members and where they're you know coming from and. And so they're super into it. So, you know, I learned a little bit from them. I'm obviously not as, as interested in it as they are, but um, they, they've given me kind of the, the basics, you know, the brief rundown. And I would say mostly our lineage is, is German and Czech. Okay. So, Cool. Right. Okay, Emily, before I let you go, is anyone you'd like to thank any sponsors, any people in particular? Yeah. So obviously my team, my coach, Derek, with Loud Performance Training, um, my tissue therapist, Adam, with Alliance Athletics here in Pittsburgh. Uh, my suit sponsor, uh, she made, makes every suit that I've worn on stage. Um, and I'm so glad I get to represent her. Becca with BB Custom Suits. Cool. Um, I wear body bling jewelry every time on stage. She curates a perfectly matched jewelry sets, bow with body bling. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Liquid Sunrays is the tanning company I choose. Um, they always leave it stress-free for me on show day, making sure that my color's just right on stage. Um, and then other than that, my family and friends that support me, um, you know, the the gym members of mine that, that kind of root me on every day, they see me struggling. So, you know, all the, the people behind me, um, definitely I appreciate every one of you. Awesome, awesome. No, it's been really, because I, I, I get, there's, there's one member on the MD forum, and he's always telling me, get more females on. And I, and every time I get them on, they always exceed expectations, every single time. And then, <laughs> but I should, I should get them on more often, you know, but, because um, I've had, I mean, I've had Andrea Shaw on several times, Sarah Villegas, um, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Sydney Gillen, all, all divisions, you know, I mean, even had Bikini on, you know, that was, that was a, you know, yeah, it was okay. It was great. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> Derek, yeah, Derek wasn't feeling that one. Um, but um, yeah, so Emily, yeah, fantastic. And all, like I said, just congratulations on, you know, I mean, you really, like I was at the desk and I, I, I did swear. I was like, holy. I was like, <laughs> wow, look at that. I said, my God. I said, so I was looking at all the pictures. I'll send them to you. I was so impressed. Like, you know, just it's nice to see. Because like I'm a really, I'm, I, I, I love Natalia. Um, Zara Viegas is amazing. Brooke Walker, I think she's absolutely incredible. I was I was hyping her before she'd even won a pro show. And, uh, and then that year she went and she went and won a pro show and they made top three at the Olympia and then repeated it the year after. So I always love Brooke's look. She's amazing. I think mainly because it's similar to mine where she has that density. Yeah. Um, she's yeah. a little bit more muscle bound than, than the other females. So I've always liked her look. She's yeah. been one of my top favorites, I'd say. Good. And I'm a big fan of the women's physique division. I think it's incredible. I think, I mean, Malakhan for me was the, just the, you know, I mean, yeah, she was, in, she was incredible. I'm even more than Shanique or, or the DLB. Julia Malakhan was the, that was the women's physique. That was the criteria. That was the epitome of what I think that, that, that category was really designed for. You know, I think she was the perfect representative. But um, yeah, I think you're going to give Natalia hell. I think you're going to do really well at the Olympia. So please go and get a qualification because I want to see you at the Olympia this year. That's the game plan, man. That's the game plan. I got one thing on my mind, and it's a qualification. So that's that is that's actually an order, not a request. Sorry, so you got it. You've got yes. you've got to be because <laughs> you want to see the best. It's coming, it's coming, yeah, it's come coming. on, please, come on, pressure, pressure. Because you want to see the best of the best, you know. So um, yeah, so all the best for the rest of the year. But um, thank you so much, Emily, coming on for coming on MD Globe Muscle, and um, and I look forward to. I'll get you on again when you when you get your win. Thank you so much for your time being featured. Cool. All right then, Emily. Uh, thank you so much, and I'll speak to you very soon. That's good. Bye bye. bye. Thank you, Emily. Bye bye. <laughs>
joined all the way from extremely sunny Ottawa, Joe Seaman. <laughs> hey, happy to be here, man. Joe, Joe, we haven't spoke. We just said there before we started filming, we haven't spoke for about a year. I'm comp I'll be honest, mate. I'm completely lost on what we spoke about last, what you were doing. So I really, obviously, when you did the New York Pro last week, you popped up my radar a lot. And I got thinking about, you know, when you turned pro, was it 2018, 2019? 2019, yeah. 2019, my God, it was only a few years ago. And then you came and took fourth place at the pro the day after you turned pro. It looked absolutely sensational. And I've kind of been following your career, you know, all the way up to now. So, um, yeah, so first of all, mate, let's talk about the New York pro um, because I feel like you were one of the shocks of the show. I felt you looked absolutely fantastic. And this is the Joe that I was really, really hoping to see. Um, so how do you feel about the whole New York Pro generally? Let's walk us through it. Um, honestly, like I was, I, I was really happy with, uh, you know, how that went for me because, uh, like, uh, last year, last year I had a very poor showing, you know, like my body, uh, you know, I wasn't, I was kind of like mentally and physically burnt out. And, uh, so I had a very poor showing last year. So going into this year, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder to make sure that I, you know, could bring my best possible look to the stage. And like, so going into New York, I was really, I was really motivated to make sure that I brought uh, something that was like a, you know, a wow factor or something that people haven't seen from me before. Um, so, you know, dialing into that show, like I was, uh, you know, as the days leading up to it and I saw how things were dialing in, I was really excited because I knew like that I was going to surprise some people and be able to be in the mix of the first call out. So um, I knew like, even before I got on stage, I knew I was going to be in the mix um, just by how I was looking and everything. And, uh, you know, being able to be, you know, end up fourth and uh, a show like that with like some really good competitors, uh, it really fired me up and, uh, you know, motivated me because, uh, you know, it's been a minute since I've uh, been in the mix like that. And, uh, you know, now that I've been able to kind of show, you know, what my, what my physique can look like when I'm, uh, I don't think that was a hundred percent, but I think that was like pretty close to like my best that I could be like in the, based on like that being my first show of the season. But, uh, I was happy with how the peak went and like, you know, what I showcased and, uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing to improve on that look. For me, you've kind of regenerated the excitement you you kind of sparked when you did that first pro show. Like, I mean, it was you know, I remember all I, all I, the thing that's burned into my mind was was that crazy readable bicep, the separation, the quality, you know, that you 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 don't you rarely see on open guys like now. You know that conditioning, and I was like, wow. And then it kind of, and then you had a couple of years of kind of like I felt like you weren't really hitting the mark, you know. But I feel like now what you did last week, you know, the the way that I was reading comments and, you know, and what I was seeing myself on video and photos. I feel like now you've really, like I said, you've really got people talking about you again. So, uh, yeah, good job, mate. Oh, I appreciate that. Like I, like I said, you know, I really, especially after last year and like, I really wanted to make sure that I brought it and, uh, I definitely pushed myself to get that, uh, that conditioning in and make sure that I had the conditioning and then, you know, making sure that I dial it in and not just be conditioned, but, have the fullness, have the dryness, have that look like all in one shot on stage. And uh, it really worked out really well uh, with what we did to, to bring that to the stage. And I was really excited about that. 
So what, I mean, like those couple of years when you weren't kind of hitting the mark, what changed this year? Because you looked, you didn't just, you didn't just get your condition, you know, good like you did in 2019, but you look bigger than I've ever seen you, mate. I mean, you, there was a shot last week, we brought it up in Hot News, I was with Derek uh, watching, it was last Sunday, and I said, I said, oh yeah, I said, doesn't, I said, who's that guy? Like he's dwarfing everyone. And I said, that's Joe Seaman. I said, but uh, hang on, he's stepping forward. He's doing a Phil Heath, uh, a Kai Green. He's stepping over the line so he looks bigger. And then we zoomed in and I was like, actually, he's not. He actually is that much bigger and, and, and like, you know, and just, just freakier than everybody else. Yeah, I definitely wasn't doing that. I wasn't trying to step over the line. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no i'm like because i'm about five five foot ten and uh like day of the show i was about 270 mm. so, wow 270 yeah shit 270 like in shape on the day of the show like yeah. everything so yeah that's uh you know that's roughly where i am on stage right now so comparatively to when i turned pro when i turned pro i was around uh around 250 i think so wow 20 pounds heavier since then Holy shit yeah yeah so what so what was what was the the, the the sort of factor that was you know responsible for why you look so good this year you said you were burnt out last year why were you burnt out um well because 2021 i did about uh i did three shows but they were kind of spaced out so i was in prep for about i was in prep for about seven and a half seven and a half months and then i only had a short break for about uh I think maybe like six or eight weeks before I went back into contest prep because I wanted to do the Toronto Pro again because yeah. I thought I'd have a good opportunity. Um, and so I kind of went into it and I was already feeling like, you know, uh, I just like, I kind of went into it feeling like I had to do it and I wasn't like motivated to do it. And I feel like my body just wasn't responding like it normally would when I started to diet and like it was being more stubborn. And then, you know, I couldn't get uh, even pushing myself, like a, the conditioning wasn't quite getting there. And I just... Uh, just mentally too like i just like i mentally wasn't in a in a good place i don't think for a contest prep i just wasn't 100 percent in it why so i feel like that uh what's that why i i don't know like i was just uh you know what i mean like i just felt burnt out and i just like mentally i just wasn't in it um for whatever reason i can't really uh explain i think it had to do with some you know there's some people in my life like friends that i was hanging around with i think that uh I needed to eliminate to make sure I was 100% focused on what mattered to me, which is, you know, being the best bodybuilder I can be and being the best person I can be um, and like eliminating the, some of those people out of my life and like, you know, keeping my circle small and focused on, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the important aspects, I think really made a difference coming into this year and just giving my body a break from contest prep for the rest of 2022 um, really helped. And then uh, I started to work with, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Justin Harris, but uh, Justin on. Harris, yeah, he. Oh God, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well, I won't say how I know him. It's from many, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's yeah been, okay. He's been coaching for over yeah. twenty years now. So. Yeah, but anyways, Justin like Harris, I, I linked shit. up with him. Wow. Uh, we started working together in, uh, I think it was November. So we kind of started in my off season and then led into contest prep and. Uh, I think honestly, I think that was the difference maker for me is just working with him because uh, leading into the show, you know, we're just like the last few days, especially like we're just going one meal at a time, everything like that, just dialing it in perfectly. Um, and it was like very good attention to detail and just having that, uh, 
you know, having those eyes on me with someone with that much experience, like definitely made a huge difference for me. And just like, I just fully kind of turned my brain off and just put my trust in what he was telling me to do. And it really worked out well. So now I know like that was just the first time we ever peaked too. So I know going to the next show and we've already discussed it, like it's going to, it's going to be even better because we know some things we can do to be even sharper and just come in even better for the next show. You know, it's funny. I get asked all the time, like, you know, sometimes with athletes looking for a, for a new coach and I'll say, come on, Charles, who'd you recommend? And, and I say, sometimes I said, it's not about who's a good coach. Who's not a good coach. It's about, who who's the right coach for you because like i hear yeah. this so many times where you just click with with a coach that you know maybe isn't the most high profile top three like a chris acito or you know there's some of these you know, like chad nichols but it's just someone that you know that you can really really get a hold of 10 times a day go meal by meal and that really is kind of like he's he's fully invested in your journey to basically really help you bring your best. And, it, and then you feel, like you said, like you said there, you said about environmental factors. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but like people maybe don't realize until you pull yourself out of, you know, uh, circles, you know? I mean, I, I, I've, I've been in that where, I remember I moved from a, from, a, from a part of the country and looking back now, like my environmental factors were, were a big sort of, um, big factor really in kind of how my life genuinely was going, you know? So as a bodybuilder, you know, where you need that kind of, you need to have that distraction free and you need the right support. It's so important. No, I really, it really is. And like, I, I realize that now more than ever, especially like deeper into a contest prep. It's like, mm. I'm just, the, I'm the type of person where it's like, you know, my phone is on DND except for important things. And, you know, like pretty much the only people I talk to are like, you know, my, my coach right now. And then, you know, my girlfriend and, things like that. So it's like, I keep very like focused on just what's in front of me and what I need to do. Mm. And I find that type of, uh, that type of focus and eliminating those distractions, just, uh, it's like the only way for me to like be my best. And, uh, it works really well. And it's just, it's really helped me this year, uh, to just be that much more focused on what I'm doing and enjoy it while I'm doing it too, because like, you know, like you gotta enjoy it as well. And like, I've been enjoying the process more, um, than I have in the past. And I really, uh, I really like, you know, working with Justin because, you know, with us, it's like, he knows I have experience. Like I've prepped myself before. Um, I've been competing for like over a decade now. And like, so with him, it's like, we can go back and forth on things. And it's like, you know, he's very easygoing, but he's also extremely intelligent. So it's, uh, it's someone I know I can put my trust in. And, uh, you know, especially after what we brought to New York, it's, uh, it just solidified that for me that I know, like, I can trust what he's telling me to do hundred percent. Apart from actual prepping, did he have, did he give you any direct input to how he felt you could improve your physique? Leading into like, like the off season? Yeah. I mean, if you, how long, sorry, how long ago did you start working with him? Uh, we started back in November. Um, so we were basically, I think when we were like, when we started, we were saying like, you know, I could bring up the legs a little bit mm -hmm. and, uh, bring up my uh i think yeah bring up the legs and the chest a little bit and i think we did that like chest i definitely is, think hang on hang on your chest is ridiculous yeah but like the thing is is like i feel like my chest is one of those things where it's like if i don't have that fullness right um it doesn't pop you know so it's like when i have the fullness in new york like you can really see it but if i'm flat my chest is like like the first thing to like go like pancake is you know it? so it's like really yeah 
Yeah, That's it's like pancake flat if I'm not full. Because that usually happens when it comes off the worst body part, not the best. Yeah, but I don't know. It just it seems to happen for my chest. Like it goes flat first, I find. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I mean, you know that you've obviously you've just done the New York Pro. Um, why? I mean, obviously the Cali Pro is is literally today. Did you not? Did you not think about going to Cali? I did, but uh, I wanted to do Toronto instead. So. Right. Okay. Okay. That's next week, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Shit. Okay. How'd you feel? I feel great, man. Uh, I'm already looking sharper than I was going into New York, so it's only going to be a better look next weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Because. Because I was. I was. I'll, I'll be honest. I was really excited when you said you're doing the Arnold UK. And I was so disappointed with, with where they placed you. Because I thought, I mean, I saw all the lead up pictures and the videos. And I was like, I was saying to everyone, like my friends in Birmingham, and everyone, I said, look, watch out for this guy. I said, you know, he could win this. And then they, what they gave you, you, you didn't get a very good place. And so what, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about, you know, what went wrong or whatever. But what happened there and what, what kind of did go wrong? Because I, I saw you on target to kind of do really well at that show. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think that show, like, I think it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't like to say politics or anything, but like, I think I kind of got overlooked a bit. Yeah. Um, I cause I had, you know, it was one of those things where I think a lot of people had me placing higher. Um, but for whatever reason I got placed in, I think I ended up sixth. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I felt like I could have been higher on that show for sure. And that was a bit discouraging. Um, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just like, after you know the last two seasons i just decided i was just like you know what like i just need to put my like i need to find somebody i can put my trust in with coaching and i think mm -hmm. i found that mm -hmm. and i think that's gonna that's like the difference maker for me is just having somebody that i click with and that we can really bring like you know the versions the version of me and just continue to improve the version of me um that should be look the way i should look on stage and you know that wow factor with like you know the details and the legs and like the the fullness and the size and the overall conditioning and stuff. So like, I think, uh, you know, I think we're, I think we're bringing that and it's, uh, you know, it's surprising people, but it's, it's a good surprise, you know? It sounds to me like with, with Justin, if you've got that level of support, it sounds to me like you're right. You are, like you've just said it. It sounds like you're actually really enjoying it again as well. No, I am, man. Honestly, like it's, uh, it's been fun. Like, especially like, you know, with him, because like, he's like, uh, He's one of those people where he's so he's so smart and he's just like he jokes around a lot too. So it's like, it's like somebody. It's like having a buddy where you're just like you know, like uh, like I can joke around with him at the same time, but at the same time like he's very, you know, on point with everything too. So um, yeah, I've definitely been enjoying the process more and just like not trying to you know get overthink anything or anything like that. Just like you know, take it one day at a time and just like continue to focus on those like little improvements. And, uh, and that's it. Like, it's just like, I, I think too many times in the past, I was way too worried about, uh, you know, the end result instead of just enjoying the, the process. So I'm just yeah. trying to Good. embrace it and enjoy it. And I think that only makes my physique look better. So what were the biggest changes he implemented through your entire process that kind of really improved your physique the most? uh like since we've worked together yeah uh well diet wise uh he had me like i was i've always been doing carb cycling with him mm -hmm. and that's something that i didn't normally do myself like you know i would kind of have a training day diet have a rest day diet whatever but 
he had me doing carb cycling like off season in the contest prep. Um, and I think that was a good thing for me too. Um, I think it's worked really well. So I think that approach with the the carb cycling works really well. And then he lets me, you know, do my own, I do my own training and stuff. So it's, uh, you know, mainly his, his main focus is the nutrition. And then like, I kind of do for the most part, the other stuff, uh, myself, but, uh, yeah, with the nutrition, he's like, uh, he's like a wizard. Like he just knows <laughs> how much of whatever you need with carbs or protein or fats, like he's right on the money. I think um, pre-contest carb cycling is something you have to have a really good coach on because for me, I, 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 I never did carb cycling. I just basically did it because I coached myself. I prepped myself. I didn't, I didn't have the confidence or the kind of the, the eye because I think especially when you're prepping, sometimes you're not seeing, you know, you get the prep goggles on and I think sometimes it's, it's about having enough confidence. I don't think most people have enough confidence in themselves to do carb cycling properly by themselves if they're prepping off season i think it's different but i think yeah. pre-contest you've got to have someone that's really really good at coaching that has a really good eye otherwise they can i've seen some really i've seen preps completely ruined by someone that implemented carb cycling for their client and they didn't really know what they were talking about yeah and i think uh, i think that's where justin's like uh is very unique in that sense because like the way he approached it with the carb cycling, I just, uh, it was different than what I've done in the past. Cause like, you know, like I said, like I would do kind of like what you were doing and it's like, you know, you're dieting, dieting, dieting. And then when I thought I needed a refeed or something, then I would do one. But like, you know, we were kind of doing like, you know, like for the most of my contest prep, it was like, we do like a high day, like once a week kind of thing. And yeah. then, uh, you know, we just kept doing that right up until about a week out. And, uh, it just, it really worked well. And we just go, as we needed to we'd go lower on the carbs with the other training days and the rest days and keep the high day the same and uh yeah like it just it worked really well like i uh zero complaints on my end like the way he structures it uh it completely made sense to me so do you really feel the benefits of carb cycling because i've obviously i can imagine with you on prep and they do give you a high day it's like, oh, finally, I can I can get some energy, and plus you're going into the gym. You know, like the day after, like a, a cheat. Like I used to have, I used to check myself the, the morning after the cheat cheat day, and it'd be like, oh, the pump, and, the, and you could really see what was going on with your physique when you're like three, four weeks out. You know? Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely like enjoy it because, like, especially if you know once a week you're gonna do a high carb day, it's kind of like, okay, I can do it's Christmas. I, I can do lower carbs for six days, whatever, and then get a high day. So it's like, wow. you know, it's not as, it's not as daunting when you're, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel in that sense. So even when you're on lower carbs for the most part, it's like, you know, you're like, okay, well, I know if I push this for six days, I'll still get a high day. So, mm. you know, and we kind of just kept going like that and it's, uh, it worked really well, you know, like, nice. and it's, uh, it keeps you like kind of, grounded that way too because you're not like oh i just have to keep doing low carb days for like weeks on end mm. you know so it's like you kind of get more in a better headspace because you know like i only have to do this for so many days in a row and then we can uh you know implement a high day going back to the old uk um i believe that was your first show prepping whilst traveling correct i mean that far uh first that was my first show traveling that far right because that was pretty far like i think it was uh I'm not sure. I think that was like ten or like it was like at least ten hours. It's further than it's like, further than bloody Toronto. 
<laughs> oh, way, yeah, 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 way further. The, 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 re yeah, the reason yeah, I'm bringing the reason I'm bringing that up is because I think that's a really like you can prep for a show and that's that's fine, but I think when you you going up several levels and you want to really test yourself and you are willing to travel to to Europe to do like an Arnold UK or a show in Europe, you know, it's a completely there's a lot of the different rules apply when you're traveling because you were traveling by yourself, weren't you? Well, I was traveling with my girlfriend. All oh, right, okay. So you had someone yeah. there, but I mean, you know, you've got there's a lot there's a lot more you have to take into account when you're traveling and prepping. What 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 was it like as an experience for you? Um, um, and what did you learn from you know that kind of experience? Because well, I'm going to ask you my next question in a minute. Uh, first thing I learned, not really doesn't have anything to do with uh, the show itself, but uh, I would never rent a car again. <laughs> going to a country like that, yeah, because uh, yeah. me and my girlfriend decided to rent a car, and uh, we're not used to driving on that side of the road. Yep, and trying to trying to drive on the other side of the road <laughs> when you're like a few days out is not good. Mm. Um, so anyways, wouldn't do that again, yeah. but, uh, honestly, like the, the, the travel aspect, I don't think really impacted the way I looked on stage. Cause like I left like a week before the show. So like I was out there early and everything. I think the thing that threw me off was, uh, <clears throat> we were on stage really late. Like they did pre-judging at like 8 PM or something. I remember cause like mm. it was like at night. So I had like, I think I had like six meals in me before I even went on stage. And it was just like, it was different for me because like, you know, you're used to going on stage like in the morning or early afternoon or something. So it's like going on stage at night was different. I think, mm. I don't think it made me look bad or anything. I just think uh, that kind of threw me off the way they did it because they changed the schedule at the last minute. Oh shit. I think we were supposed to be on, we were supposed to be on a bit earlier oh. and then they changed it, pushed us back more and it was, it was kind of all over the place. But, uh... I, I was just about to say, if you know that you're going to be on stage late, that's one thing because you can prepare for it. But if, like um, William Bonnack said to me, he says at the Olympia, they were told yeah, to be they were sitting there. They were told to be backstage for six o'clock to go on stage for seven o'clock, and they didn't get on stage to what bloody eleven o'clock midnight, you know? Yeah. So And thing is, I find that the the smaller guys they don't they're not affected as much. Like Lundsford and Haddy at the Olympia, they they told me they weren't. Well, Derek Lundsford did. They're not as affected by it because. I think it just affects the smaller guys less, but the big like 250, 260, 270 guys like yourself, that can really, really, you know, trying to time the food and the water and especially if you're like you're restricting water, it's bloody hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a timing thing too, because you're thinking like, okay, I ate my last meal, you know, this time and I'm probably going to be on stage around this time. So it's like, you're trying to kind of plan and coordinate that. So yeah. If it's off by more than like an hour, then you're like, okay, do I eat, like I need to eat again, or I do this or that? And it's like, so when they keep delaying it, it kind of, it can totally change the way you look if you're not uh, yep. able to adjust with those things. So like, yeah, like when they did that at the Olympia, like you said, it's like, it can really mess the guys up, you know. And it can, you can go from looking right on point to looking, you know, almost like 10, 20 percent off yep. within a couple hours if you're just sitting there and waiting and you have no idea what's going on. I think Rami would have looked completely different if he'd have been on stage at 7 p.m. Yeah, no, it's true. Mm. When you have to sit around and wait and you're that big of a guy, like yep. you can definitely go flat and just not look quite the same uh, within hours easily. Mm. I mean, some guys as well, they, they'll really stress over that. Other guys will be like, okay, I'll just sit in the corner. And Plus, like backstage, there was no areas for them to really relax or chill or go grab a corner and put their hoodie up and, you know, sleep on their bag for a couple of hours. It, 
you know, so it was like, well, I, I can imagine there was, there was a lot of kind of, um, a lot of stress backstage, you know, so, so for you to be on stage that late at the Arnold UK, that was, you know, that's, um, that's, that's not good. So, I mean, that's valuable experience you've now learned as a pro. You've traveled and you've competed. Which, like I said, it's a completely, it's a completely different endeavor. So, uh, mm. I, I mean, I'm, what I'm leading to is, would you consider doing any more European pro shows, like some maybe Emilio or Portugal or some of the Spain shows? Come on, Roma um, Romania, I Prague, come on, come on. <laughs> Honestly, like I would for sure. Um, just, just like for the experience of being able to travel to those places I've never been, um, and obviously to do the shows, of course, but, uh, that's definitely something I do want to do. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but I definitely want to do it. Like if not this year, the next year for sure. Well, if you qualify for the Olympia, um, come and do Romania, come and stay at ours, mate. Cause we're flying over. All right. Seriously. Deal. No, it's a serious, serious offer. I think I offered, yeah. I think I said this to you last time. So yeah, did, yeah. say, say for example, you in Toronto and then you go to the Olympia, um, you're more than, because we'll be flying out with myself and Lauren doing the live stream. We've done it for the last two years. So if you want to do it, mate, you want to stop off, come and stay here for a few days. Um, get, I'll get you in the studio. We can do a, do an episode here. If it's up to you, mate, it's the, the, the offer's there. Romania's, uh, was Romania right after the Olympia then? Yeah. Yeah. It's the only, it's the only post Olympia show for the year. Oh, okay. So nice. fantastic show, mate bloody hell yeah yeah really no, is. i definitely I, if that lines up i definitely would like to do it then all right then mate so um so sorry i was actually asking would you consider doing any more any more overseas shows or like that basically outside of the u.s or canada uh well i mean i'm taking it one show at a time you know i'll see what happens in toronto mm -hmm. and then I'll, I'll kind of decide what to do from there but uh i definitely am considering to do more shows uh but i just i like to do one show at a time kind of like you know yeah and then uh, kind of see how that goes and then kind of decide from there. So I'm going to see, uh, you know, how things play out next weekend. And then uh, I'll decide what's next based on that result. All right, then. So um, uh, I haven't really looked at any of the lists for anyone who's doing Toronto. Because obviously the, the competitor list hasn't come out yet because it's all still about Cali. So do you know do you know who's doing Toronto at the moment? Do you know any of the, any of the main names doing the show? Uh, there's uh, Ian Valier. Oh, yeah, of course. Um Hassan Mustafa. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, I think Mo Shaban might be doing it. Okay. Um, there's a few other Canadian guys. I think some newer pros doing it. Robin um, Robin Strand is he doing it? Do you know? I think he's doing it. Yeah, he did New York. I think he came like eighth in New York. He's doing it too. Yep. Um, other than that, yeah, there's not too many guys on the list. I think, or like, there's not really a list, but I think. From what I've seen, there's maybe like 10, 9 or 10 guys or so. Mm. Well, well that, thing is, I like know. I said, as, as as the shows are going week by week, I mean, it's going to, yeah, you know, so you'll, you'll know more really in the next know week. until maybe like Monday or Tuesday mm. uh, what the actual list is. So I guess we'll see soon. But uh, yeah, from what I know, I think there's roughly 10 guys or so that have I've seen that are doing it. I'm really looking forward to seeing this new version of you against Valier. Me too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'd be very interested to see that because what are you, like 270? He's, yeah, he's like in what, the 250s? Is he 250s? Something like that. I mean, um, yeah, he's he's a little bit shorter than me. He's about mm. five, because I'm like 5'10". I think he's about 5'9", maybe, or 5'8". Mm. And he competes, yeah, he's like 250s, high 250s, I think, when he competes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. So, uh, so, so you're feeling good, Danny? Feeling fresh for what's coming next, mate? 
hundred percent, man. I feel amazing and I'm ready to do it. Good. I'm ready. Good. So, I mean, what, I mean, aside from bodybuilding, what have you, what's, what's been going on in your life in the last year or so? Honestly, man, like other than bodybuilding, like I have, you know, a very good coaching business. Um, so that takes up a lot of my time outside of bodybuilding. Um, you know, so I'd say that's pretty much it. Like bodybuilding and coaching is what I've been doing mostly. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty basic. Good. Good. All right, then, mate. Well, we're getting some directional light here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting blasted with more sunlight. Just leave it, Lauren. Just leave it. <laughs> leave it. Yeah. So, like, well, like I said, I was so I was so happy when I saw, you know, how you were looking, and because I was like, yes, finally, you know, because it's like you said, you started so well, and then obviously there was I was like, this guy is not like a seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth place guy in any show. He's, you know, I really had high hopes for you, you know. So to see you looking like you did it in New York, you know, and that was a good lineup. You could have been you could have been higher. You know, and I just, um, I th I've got a feeling you're going to get a win this year, mate. I really do. I think you're going to win. And, I'm, and I've got, a f well, I, and obviously then that'll, make, that'll get you to the Olympia, mate. Appreciate that. And I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think, uh, you know, I think New York, I could have placed higher. But I think the, the main thing that I'm focused on more going into Toronto is that I'm continuing to polish my presentation because mm. I know, uh, especially with the, the head judge and everything, like, I think, uh, like, the head judge was Tyler Mannion. And I know, like, because I watched the first call out over and over again, and as soon as I was uh, breathing a bit too much into my midsection, then he moved me out to fourth when oh, I was really? in uh, third. Okay. Yeah. So I know, I know, just from that, like, I was uh. like, I was like, I need to polish my presentation and practice like crazy. So that's what I've been doing, just polishing it up and making sure that when I go on stage in Toronto, there's going to be no reason why you know, like, why anything looks off and nothing's going to be, you know, out of place or any issues like that i'm just going to make sure that everything's perfect and you know polished and ready to rock i really like to hear like the fact that you've made that observation that you've had you've you know what i mean you've seen that happen with tyler and you thought right okay i see what's happening here that's really smart of you to do that because that's something you can fix by next week mm -hmm. you know and that's something that could help you that could that could that could save you, you know, that could be the difference between first or second, second or third, you know what I mean? It's like, that could really, that could really save your ass if, it, if it's close. No, exactly. And that's why I'm like, you know what, like, you know, with only two weeks between shows, it's like, you know, you can improve your physique a bit, but uh, mm. yeah, the main thing, yeah, presentation. And I know I can polish that up and, you know, getting the first show out of the way and like some of those jitters, like now I'm just like yeah. that much more confident going into this. And I just know with that, polished presentation and just hitting everything 100 percent um it's it's gonna be good it's gonna be good. good and the majority of like bodybuilders do really get better with each show really i mean like you started off really really good there that was a really good start to your season so if you can like even if you could hold that really that would be good you know it's something like i'll toronto. be better i'll be better yeah there I you go be there better. you go good i'll be better in toronto for sure good. i guarantee i'll be better in toronto 100 percent Good. And like I said, you, you've taken it one show at a, shine, at a time, so you're not really, you know, planning beyond that. But um, so that was my next question. So, yeah, mate. OK, then I will I'll let you go. But um, as always, mate, like I said, I've been there right from the start, really, in 2019. You know, the sh this show's still going. You're in our fifth season now and you are one of the first guys. You know, you're one of the guys that I have, you know, right from the very like Samson, you know, like literally we followed their careers right from the start and we've kind of monitored it and you know and, and checked in with you every time you've you know you've made a step up or step you know step forward you know so uh okay then joe seaman uh once again thank you so much for coming to md globe muscle and the sun is literally about to blind me so um 
I'll <laughs> let you go, but enjoy the rest of your Saturday, mate. And uh, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me, man. And uh, you know what? I look forward to be on again in the future and uh, talking about talking about a win, ideally. Okay, guys, it is hot news time for season five, episode thirty-three of MDGlo Muscle. Of course, I have my main man in the in the studio. Who do you think, Derek Clark? Big man in the studio. Ah, Derek. Derek, I know, I know I keep saying this every week, but mate, you are actually getting bigger every single week. Well, I'm training hard. I'm training hard. I'm d down at two gyms. Two gyms? Yep. Uh, muscle bound and bridges. So, so yeah. You, you, you're so big, you need two gyms. I need two gyms. <laughs> yeah, one gym can't hold me, man. <laughs> two gyms. Right, okay, we've got an audience member as well. I've got Blitz just... Oh, no, she's uh, not interested. She just walks straight no, past. She, walk she walks straight past. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, then. Um, what else was I going to say? What else was I going to say then? Oh, well, uh, lots of happening in the world of bodybuilding. Of course, yep. it was the Cali Pro yesterday. Yes. Absolutely fantastic uh, show. Bit of a shock. We're going to come to that as well. Uh, I did not expect these results at all. Um, obviously run by uh, Tamer Gwindy. And um, what's the main guy that runs it? I forgot his name. The original guy. Uh, Lindsay. John Lindsay. Yeah, he's the original muscle contest. And uh, Tamer Gwindy is the one who runs a muscle contest. Brazil uh, basically runs the NPC in the Pro League in Brazil. Oh, okay. The Arnold Brazil. So he's an Arnold Classic promoter. So, yeah. you know, he's a bit of a big cheese in bodybuilding. Um, he was the one who um, looked after me when I was having my little instant in Ireland. Oh, right. He okay. was the one who kept all the people back. Because there was a guy, this group of guys came over and one started smoking. And I was there with my eyes shut. And he was, um, I was, and I was starting to, I think I'm going to be sick on top of what's going on. So and he's like, get back, get back. So thank you, Tame. I really appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you sorting that. Um, but um, yeah, so, and also we've got two guests in this episode, as you've seen, that are going to be in the follow this week's Toronto Pro, which is this weekend. Uh, and guess where it is? In Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to catch you up. Uh, I was trying to be a trip, trying to be a smart ass there and catch Derek out. But Derek, and also Derek, you don't just have uh, two gyms, but you had two jobs. Oh yeah. God, tell but, us, tell us, tell us, tell us. Come on. Two, two job interviews, and yeah. uh, they both went well. Both. And I've got to decide. To are which you switching one. to yourself? Yep. Oh, I'm, you are. I'm, good. I've got to decide which one I'm going to go for. Two cracking jobs. Um, yeah. I'm not going to reveal who I'm going to go with yet, but... Um, okay, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been lucky, very fortunate to have two contracts sent through to me. Good. So I'm over the moon. Good. And it's not male, not male stripper? No, male stripper. No, not, not at not, all. Not a paint it's stripper? electrical engineer. Yeah. So, ta so. You, I hope you've told him you can't work Sundays. Oh, yes. It's yeah. just me. Monday to Fridays. Monday to Fridays. Ch uh, Sunday is very important to Derek because he has oh, church and global. Church. That's right. It, Helping all you bodybuilding fans out, you know, with my switching. Otherwise, I'd, otherwise, I'd have to be like the Flash. I'd have to keep running over and pressing buttons, and uh, it would be very, very tricky, and it'd probably spoil the flow of the show. So, anyway, yep. let's get into our first guest uh, of this episode. Was Joe Seaman? Had him on many, many times on Global. Um, fantastic! It was so good to see that he got a top five placing, his fourth place at the New York Pro. But it, it wasn't just the placing; it was the fact, Derek, that mm. um, it was kind of like the Joe Seaman that. I think, you know, when someone's career starts off really well yeah. and then you expect, okay, you can predict, you know, Mystic Tiger will predict that next year they'll come back and they're going to win multiple pro shows and do that. And I can pretty much map it out. And usually I'm right. But he kind of was getting sixths and sevenths and fourths and fifths and eighths. And he wasn't like making top threes and first calls at like I kind of 
like yeah, I thought yeah, he would, yeah, you know, because yeah. he's really, really good. I mean, when he, when he, uh, the 2019 Toronto Pro, um, he turned pro. He won the he won the pro card at the amateur. Came back the next day and he took fourth place in the pros. And I, all I can remember from this this that that showing was his amazing readable bicep. I mean, he was peeled. His condition. I don't like that peeled phrase. That's very American. Sorry, uh, shredded, shredded. Uh, ripped to the bone. What do you say? <laughs> I say cut. 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 Do you know what? Um, I remember when, because um, obviously we pick up a lot of Americanisms. You know, yeah, back sure. in the even back in the nineties before the in, before internet, yeah. um, we used to like. Uh, I remember Flex Wheeler using the phrase "dialed in." Dialed in. Dialed in. <laughs> and I'll tell you, a, I'll tell you a very personal story. Triple H, the wrestler. Are you yes. aware of such a person? I am. He told Batista and all the other SmackDown wrestlers in two thousand and five at my gym when I was three weeks out from the Naba North. North Britain, we'll mention never. Um, he said, guys, come and check this guy. He's really dialed. It's really dialed. Dialed, yeah, because I showed him my abs and he said, you're looking in good shape. I said, yeah, I'm competing in three weeks. Because it was funny because it was about, it was of several, well, it wasn't, I can't remember. It was, but it was some time when I even noticed that guys were in the gym. That's how focused I was. Mm-hmm. I was doing legs and I was doing extensions and I didn't realize literally like where you're stood, where you're sat there yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was Triple H and Batista doing rear delts. Wow. And you know another thing? I've got stronger rear delts than Batista. No way. He was doing 35 kilo. I did 55 kilos. Oh, you busted it. Yeah, I busted it. You busted it. So, uh, so <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, but that was where I heard the phrase dialed in. Dialed. Right. Well, dialed. And I, I, I'm not sure. What, you know, no, no, don't really. Dialed. Like a, dialed. Like, it's like a, you like dial it into mm. the right frequency so you look cut. You, you, you peaked. Shredded, yeah. yeah. Dry, uh, dry, a uh, dry as Gandhi's flip flop. I like that one. <laughs> Is that a bit racist? No, not really. Okay, no. okay, okay. I'm just checking. No. <laughs> okay, I've been accused of many things. I've been accused of certain things. So, uh, so yeah. So, what was my point? I forgot a point. I had a point. Uh, anyway, I digress. So, anyway, yeah. So, Joe Seaman, um, yeah. And then he came over to the Isle UK a couple of years ago. And um, and I, me- I recommend him to go train at Simon Fan's Ultimate Fitness Gym. Oh, right. And I messaged Simon Fan. I said, look after this guy. Make him feel welcome. I think he's just him and his girlfriend. He's flown, flown over a week before. He's in Birmingham. I, su- I, t- I sent him to your gym because obviously, yeah. you know, it's, you yeah. know, he's, he, you know and you'll get a f- some friendly faces and exactly. you'll make a, make a fuss of him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then he got, I think he got sixth in that one. Um, but I was kind of expecting him to come in and like, you know, almost be a front runner, you know? Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, top six is great in any pro show, but... But yes, yeah, so he's a great guy. So to see him, I mean, what was he? Two. I mean, let's let's go to his let's um, go his, in, let's go to his Instagram account, and I'll show you how he was looking because he's five ten, and I'm sure he said two seventy here. So he's a big dude, and he's got he's a, a massive dude. back, and you should see what he deadlifts. He deadlifts like seven hundred pounds for reps. Wow. So he's a big, strong dude, and um, and I remember because the first time I had him on in 2019, he was so shy. He was so shy and reserved. And I remember the next time I had him on was six months or a year later. I think maybe the year later. And he was so, so much more, it was so nice to see him flourish with his confidence and his, what are you looking at, Derek? You, you That's just, a picture. <laughs> he's blown up. So you're looking at the laptop. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was so nice to see him kind of really sort of uh, coming out of his shell. Yeah. And, um, you know, but uh, and now I, every time I get him on, I know he's going to give me a great interview and he's very relaxed. And because you try to get the guests as relaxed as possible, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. You know, do you know why that's why I used to do my real, do, you never, you never saw me, did you ever see me do my cringy, yay? No. Do you remember? No. You know when I introduced the guest, welcome to Emily Glow Muscle, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then I go, and then I used to do like a clap and like a real cringy, yay. Oh, right. Like that. And 
it was cringy, but I know that it was cringy, but it was self-deprecating because I used to, it used to make them laugh and put them at ease. Put them at ease. Yeah, because yeah, um, I'm sure people thought, I remember Mark Hector once, I had him on The British Bodybuilder. He, he was trying not to laugh, you know, like that. Like, is he, <laughs> is, he, is, he, is, he, is he a bit, you know, yeah. slow? You know, um, is that right? That's not politically correct. Probably, probably not. Oh, well. So, um, yeah, and it was, um, but I used to do it because, like I said, it was, I did it. I, there was a reason why I did it. A nice point. A little, a little icebreaker. Yeah, a little icebreaker just to make, make myself look an idiot. But, um, you know. It, puts like a smile on the face. Puts it? a smile on the face and gets them, gets them at ease so they don't feel like, obviously, because I'm such an intimidating figure. <laughs> so, um, oh, the cat's going crazy out there. What's he doing? Is he caught a mouse? Look at him watching run. Look, look, look. <laughs> Go crazy. Go on, Domino. Go on. Sorry, I've got a crazy cat. So, um, yeah, so Joe Seaman, fantastic. I'm so happy he got fourth place at the New York Pro. Um, and I really, really want to see him at the Olympia this year. Yep. So let's see how he does in Toronto. Um, he's going to be going up against some very, very stiff competition. Hassan Mostafa. Um, we have Ian Vallier, um, you know, like seventh place at Olympia. Uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the biggest names in bodybuilding, top 10 Olympias, um, you know, competitors in the world, you know. So, um, and it's going to be a good life. He's got uh, Robin, um, Robin Strand, who we just had on this episode. He's yeah. going to be in, um, in the show as well. So it's going to be an absolutely stacked show. So if, if Joe gets a win there, um, he will be in the Olympia because now they've done away with the points thing. Uh, the point system, you have to get a win. Oh, in fact, right. I want to okay. quickly read, I want to quickly read this to you. Uh, most, uh, fourth place in the New York Pro, this is what um, Joe Seaman has said in his post, most will have no idea what it took mentally, physically, and emotionally to accomplish this. 2022, I had the worst showing of my bodybuilding career. I was in a bad headspace, burnt out from the previous season, and found myself letting the wrong influence into my close circle. Um, I had to do a lot of soul searching and figure out who who the hell I am. So he's kind of basically saying like, you know, I mean, because people people see you athletes getting ready for shows and yeah. they see the pictures. I mean, obviously social media, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the journey and all that. And they see, they see you training hard, but I think sometimes they don't appreciate sometimes what's going on behind the scenes and what it takes out of you. Uh, exactly. Mental, mentally. It's, sacrifice. Um, it is. What it was is. the biggest sacrifice for you, Derek, in bodybuilding? Oh gosh. Um, Apart from carbs. <laughs> biggest sacrifice. I think, it's, it's a case of just trying to remain focused throughout. Right. Yeah. It's it's that's 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 the key thing. You yeah. know what I mean? To just sometimes sometimes you have off days. You look at yourself and you think, oh no no, it's not it's not happening. But it's just to keep that focus, keep that focus, and you know just stick to your plan, stick to the game plan. You you know what I mean? I try not to think about anybody when I'm when I was um, competing. Do you know what I mean? I just try to focus on myself, tune in, and just home in. Yeah. and yeah. also not let your business your personal life kind of go to fall this, apart this you is know? it you see i asked all my staff to um i said look i sat them down before i um did you yeah sat them down and said look wow. i want to compete but you know you've got to take the stress off me nice. right so i said if you're not going to do that then i'm, I'm not going to compete because you can, to handle stress and as well you know yeah. run a gym uh, and then um, you know, you know, diet down and everything like that. It's it's tough mm. going. It's tough going. It is tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So like I said, this is uh, it's nice to see bodybuilders opening up about these kinds of issues. Mm. Um, but um, so let's see. I want to show you his back, Derek, because his back is. Oh, that's a good shot. That's a Walt Whitman. I can tell. Um, yeah. Look at that. Oh, he's doing the quad stop like Jay Cutler in two thousand nine. Yeah. That's you see. This is the this is the Joe that I was kind of in, been expecting to see for the last couple of years. That the, the the potential that this guy has and what he has in him. Um, I think, 
I think we're starting to see it now, like yeah. we saw the day after he turned pro. Um, but it's nice to see that he's finally kind of really starting to get it together. And sometimes it can be, you know, getting with the right coach or the right, you know, partner, you know, yeah. um, you know, in your in your personal life, you know, because obviously the support of a, a good partner make, can make a big difference oh, as well. Definitely. Make support a huge difference. So, so important. Yeah. So important having the right support team back in there. So, yeah. So look at his back. I mean, you can see his front delts. Sorry, yeah. his front. You can see his upper pecs from, his, from the rear shots. Oh, gosh. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Incredible. So, there we go. Side chest. He said his chest goes really flat. I mean, that's his chest is awesome. Um, yeah. So, he's, he's not missing anything. No. Um, he's And I'm, I'm glad he's kind of really sort of hitting his stride now. Look, stripy shoulders. We like to see that, yeah. Derek. Detail. Yeah, we like to detail. see Derek. That's uh, Derek. We like to see detail in the delts, in the Derek. <laughs> delts. Three Ds. Yeah. Yep. Derek's delt details. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, looks good. He's big. He's conditioned. Um, he looks like he's put quite a bit of size on there. I know he's pumped in the gym, but um, yeah. yeah. So even if he doesn't win the Toronto Pro, I hope he keeps going because I would love to see him get a win because I would really love to see him in the Mr. Olympia it's this definitely year. definitely in the pipeline for him, isn't it? Look at his shoulders. Definitely in the pipeline. Yeah. Can see yeah. a win. Can see a win looming. Come on, Joe. Keep going, bro. I never say bro. Do you know the first person you ever said bro to me was? Who was that? Flex Lewis. Oh, was it? Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm, I'm reminiscing now. So, oh, the sun's coming out again. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. We, Derek, have we... I tell you what. I tell you, have I done something to offend God? <laughs> because God is not happy with me today. He's been he's been tooling with me with all the bloody... With all the sun. Oh, <laughs> guys, I do apologize for the for the lighting disparities up and down. We've had too bright, too dark. We've had bloody uh, light shining in my face, glaring me in the face when I'm trying to interview. Um, we've been quite unlucky today. So, um, yeah, normally it's pretty consistent, but um, you, the best is um, is uh, oh, when it's overcast yeah, in the daytime. That's right. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best. But when it's like this, it's a, it's it's a pain in the ass. Oh, look at that. I mean, look at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> light and bright. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. We'll have to switch to studio lighting soon, I think. Maybe just completely. So, look at one more picture of... My God, he's, his shoulders. I mean, he is packing some size there. Yes, he is. He's a monster, isn't he? He's got a nice shape. I think he's got a nice shape. He's, got, he's not got the smallest of waist, but no, the no. guys with the, the thick waist usually have um, the thickest backs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, remember Momo Beneziza? Yeah, uh, one of my favorite guys. Was he? Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it was like a... a, a you, couldn't, you couldn't put any more muscle on there. Yeah, uh, he was every inch. I saw him compete. Inch. I saw him compete. Yeah, I saw him. Well, not long before he died at the 1992 British Grand Prix. All right, the okay. day after he did the the Helsinki Olympian in uh, Finland. Yeah, and he was phenomenal. I think he was fifth there, um, but um, he was a monster. And well, this is the guy that made Dorian Yates better. Right. You know yeah. when you when you think about the bodybuilders that that inspired the greatest bodybuilders, mm. Reg Park inspiring Reg Arnold Park. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um. Uh, Dorian Yates uh, uh, was Tom Platz. He loved Tom Platz. Yeah, um, yeah. um, I've just said his name. Who was it? Benaziza. Mm. You know, these guys. Uh, Ronnie Coleman, his inspiration yeah. was Lee Haney. Oh, yeah. Lee. You know? For daddy. Lee Haney, yeah. He's <laughs> awesome, isn't he? Yeah, he was. I've, I've met Lee Haney many, many times. In fact, I was sat in front of him at the 2010 Olympia. Well, yeah. Yeah, and then Jay Cutler won the 2010 Olympia, and I had him. For I told Jay like that. I told Jay that. And he, he, yeah, he was not. Didn't well, no, Jay, no, I, I, I'm lying, actually. That's not true. Jay was fine about it, you know. Um, 
But um, yeah, Lee Haney was sat behind me. He says, yeah, I agree with that. And I went, no, no. And then I thought, oh my God, I've just, I've just really disrespectfully, <laughs> disrespectfully talked to, uh, dis- disagreed with Lee Haney. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Haney. And he says, no, it's fine. It's your opinion, you know. Yeah, I said, yeah. oh, I had Phil Heath winning that one, in fairness. I said, I really did. I'm sorry, Mr. Haney. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because you know, it's like a, re- a knee-jerk reaction. No way, yeah, should I? Yeah. Oh, shit, it's Lee Haney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And that was the, um, that was the same where Chris Dickerson, God rest his soul, mm. kicked off with this photographer, this videographer who's in front of me, this foreign speaking, he was like from Eastern, uh, Eastern Bloc, you know, oh, right, Russian yeah. or Bulgarian, or I can't remember what. Mm. Um, yeah, and he had his, and, and uh, Chris Dickinson, because he's shorter, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't see the show. So he started, he went crazy at this poor videographer. And then the, um, and he's probably, tra- and obviously traveled all the way to be a videographer at this exactly. event. And the, um, he got the steward to say, no, I'm sorry, you're going to have to sort of put your camera down and, I mean, the poor guy was just, uh, de- just there he doing his job, it. and he didn't understand the word. And Chris Dickerson was going crazy, like it was really dramatic. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. it was really like over, over the top. It was, it mm. was. You mm. know, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, like, but he mm. was bang out of order. Yeah, bang out of order. Yeah. Lee Haney was not there. Lee Haney's a gentleman. Lee Haney, it, and he, he is. He's the one. He's the one that when I was um, uh, coming through, I used to. Are look you switching up to, to yourself? Yep. Yeah. I, I used to look up to. Uh, I thought. I thought he, his back is is. Quality, on it? Quality, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the, th- the, th- the thing is, it's not that. I mean, the way how he carried himself and, and the way how he articulated himself and things like that, it was just... And at ta- it, yeah. It, 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 it just had it. Tiny little waist. The Tiny cl- little and the waist. classic the classic kind of look, but on a... Ma- he was a, he was kind of like one of the... Like, with Bertle Fox, one of the first original yeah. mass monsters. Yeah. But he had, like, a beauty to his a physique. A beauty to it. Me. That's it. That's like it. That, it that was just... It the was wasp just waist. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was just class. Okay, guys, sorry, a bit of a re-relighting bloody... Oh, Derek, what is... This has been the worst lighting day of MD Glow Muscles history. This has been really testing. <laughs> You're right. It's been a testing day with the lighting. Yeah. Oh, God, right. what a night... Yeah, anyway, well, we, we, I don't want to go into it because it's just going to give me uh, anxiety. So, um, yo, so yeah, I want to talk about Lee Haney. Yeah, Lee Haney, um, what a legend. We love him. Um, yeah. And did, do you think he could have gone on winning? Because I think the first year in Helsinki, I think you might probably would have beat Dorian, but not after. 93, I think that was Dorian's, that was Dorian's like, it's, statement. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he probably could have got one more. Yeah, I, I think, think one, more. one, one more. more. Yeah, yeah. Thing is, you get nine, you got to go for ten. I mean. Well, this is it. You can't, you can't leave on an odd <laughs> number, can you? Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. All the best to Joe Seaman this weekend, competing at the Toronto Pro. Uh, he's done that quite a few times that show now. I think maybe his third, fourth, fifth time. I don't know. Um, but um, that's where he turned pro. So probably that's the show that. And thing is, it's um, it's just, you know what is it? He lives. He's from Ottawa, I believe. So Toronto, I think, is uh, an hour away, a couple of hours yeah, away. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's obviously, I mean, all his friends and family are going to be there. So yeah. it's really going to be... Good support. Yeah, good support. So, okay, we're going to go to our other guest, our other Canadian guest of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, Robin Strand. I really enjoyed having Robin on um, yeah. because I've never really spoke to the guy before. I've, you know, just a little bit on DMs before the show, um, before this episode. And um, yeah, so he was eighth place at the New York Pro and um, yeah, so he's also doing the Toronto Pro this weekend. What's he got? Nice shape, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a nice shape. I like that. Um, nice little waist. Yeah. Good flares on the thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Sides. Side, oh, hamstrings are good. He's difficult to follow, isn't he? Yeah. I, that hands hit. That's my favourite pose. That one. That one. Yeah. Like that. I mean, yeah. that is a really. That's a really good shot for him. He's got good calves as well. Good delts. Yeah. Good delts. Nice round. Nice shoulder to waist. Yeah. 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 He looks good. Yeah, he looks really good. Um, yeah. He's got a lot of potential. He's 30 years old, so he's in a really, really good position yeah, now for, for future years. 
Um, and just a really cool guy. The way he opened up and talked about uh, his, you know, his uh, bulimia, yeah. you know, and obviously all the issues. I mean, that, you know, it's quite hard for someone, you know, to, to, speak, to speak on a public, you know, a platform like this. You know, that's, that's a big deal to sort of speak about. Because the thing is, there's people out there who will have these, these kind of disorders or whatever you want to call them. That's or, right. And they probably won't even know. Like that, that, that individual I was telling you about, you know, the, the, their cheat days. Yeah, like yeah. that was normality for them. That's mm. not normal. You know, binge it and literally talking about fishing, you know, at the end of the day when you've eaten all your cheap food and then you realize there's some there's some leftover Chinese takeaway you threw in the bin. Yeah. And yeah. they're fishing it out of the or the outside trash bin, you know, the bum well, trying to speak American here. <laughs> and they're literally just because they want to keep eating. Keep you know, because they know till like they go to bed at so and so time, yeah, they know yeah. that they that's the end f- of their cheat day. That's right. That's right. Like setting their alarm on the morning of their cheat day so they could get, get up, up just to just scrub, get like that. That's not a cheat day, guys. That is that's that's something that's wrong, that's something you need to get some help over. Yeah, you know, and that's not what bodybuilding should be about. You no, know, it's not about no. gorging yourself with so much sugar and rubbish and 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 junk food that you're literally thro- sticking your fingers down your throat to throw exactly. up, so you can then oh, go and stuff more. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's no. not a cheat day. No. Cheat day is a freaking Nando's. Yeah. My, a, a you know, nice my, Nando, a nice Nando. My che- Toros. <laughs> Toros yeah. Don't, Derek. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> yeah. I've been starving all day. Um, you know, my cheat day was I'd have a, I'd go for an hour at Nando's and I'd see how much f- like I'd have. Well, I say how much food I could. F- it would be like half chicken, rice, mm. halloumi, frozen yogurt, glass of wine, mm. and then sometimes if I had any time left over, I'd have another half chicken. Yeah, that was my cheat. And in yeah. the morning, I'd have a to- on top of my my whey and oats or egg whites or whatever, mm. coffee. I'd have a toasted bagel with smoked salmon and Philadelphia cream cheese. That was it. And a grapefruit. That was it. That was my cheat. That was my cheat day. What do you have? Well, uh, how long you got? Would you, be- <laughs> would you believe it was just a, a nice packet of fairy buns? What? Yeah, fairy buns. That was it? 12 fairy buns with the little icing on top. <laughs> fairy buns? Yeah, fairy I, should, buns. I should love my fairy buns. Little buns with little icing on top. Fairy buns and marble cake. Oh, marble. <laughs> Trigger word. <laughs> But the thing with the marble cake, you couldn't could always get it. Right. But fairy buns, everybody knows me from fairy buns. You couldn't always get it. Couldn't always not... get it. Couldn't always get it. The, what one, do you mean? the, one, the one what I liked, the half moon one. Oh, <laughs> so you couldn't always get it. Really? Couldn't go, always get it, no. <laughs> Derek, yeah, you had to, your, your voice is starting to get more husky and more oh, like. It's like. When we, talk about, when we talk about marble cake and fairy buns, yeah, definitely. Whoa. It, it's like a deep gut, guttural. <laughs> it's almost like a lust. Lustful voice, like your, your inner Barry White is coming out. <laughs> oh, Barry White! Oh, <laughs> what a singer! Oh, no. What a singer! Another trigger word. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, rest in peace, Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. 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 Rest Bless in peace. Her. She was awesome. But my mate, um, I, I, first thing I thought of was my friend Gareth, mm. one of my best mates down down south, and he was like, he used to, I, I used to tease him when we were like uh, when we were younger because you know like he loved us, so, he loved her that much, and yeah. he, and and you know when you're teasing someone and mm. they're getting upset and you think yeah. is he joking or is yeah. he being serious? Yeah. He was getting he was serious. serious. He was they like, was do serious. not diss Tina Turner. Yeah. Not after when she everything she went through with like Turner. Uh, exactly. Like. Really, like I've really hit a rock. Yeah, <laughs> hit a yeah, nerve. yeah. Well, nerve. well, she, she, she's Good enjoyed the journey, and she's she's a great example. Yeah. So <sighs> anyway, back to Robin Strand's uh, epic shoulder to waist and and great midsection. Um, it'd be interesting to see him against Joe Seaman again because obviously Joe was fourth at New York Pro, and Robin was eighth at New York Pro. So it'd be interesting to see because sometimes you know even four placings you know. One can get better, one can get worse. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Robin could flip-flop, could go you know. Way, yeah, it, I've seen it happen many, many times, especially on the Grand Prix tours. Yeah. Remember Ronnie Coleman when he was on, he was getting like fifths and sixths. 
Yeah. Behind on the 1997 Grand Prix tour, he was getting fifth, sixth, fifth sixth, on all the on all the the Grand Prix, mm. and then obviously the the vodka coffee thing with Flex Wheeler. Yeah. And then he ended up beating everyone at the end of the tour. So it can they can these guys can Chris Cormier. Sorry, I'm really really going full speed here. Chris Cormier went from what was he the well he wasn't top three at the 97 Olympia. Mm. He ended up beating. Nasser Sambati at the British Grand Prix. He was second behind Kevin Navrone, Chris yeah, Cormier. Yeah. And he ended up getting beat by... Uh, uh, he beat Nasser, he beat um, Dillette, Ronnie, all of them. Yeah. Because he just improved on the Grand Prix tour. He held his condition. Whereas the other guys were kind of slipping, slipping. you know? Yeah. So, like, the bodies... These bodies can change dramatically week from to week. Ju- from, yeah, from just... So, um, uh, do you notice he, he said... Um, I noticed a real respect for Ron Harris. He said, that was where I met Ron Harris. And I didn't really ask him about it, and I feel bad now. <laughs> no, he said, he said, no, that was the show I met Ron Harris at. Like it was like he'd met, you know, like God or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I mean, you know, we love you, Ron. I, I love I love hearing stuff like that because Ron Ron deserves all the credit and respect in the world, you know, because he's one of the, to me, he, him and Steve Blackman are like two of bodybuilding's unsung heroes. Yeah, they don't yeah. get the credit they deserve. No. They really won't. I mean, I mean that. I mean, that 100 percent. You know, I've worked for MD since uh, 2010 and they've always been amazing, amazing to work for. And, um, you know, and obviously Ron's just a good guy. I mean, I, Ron's one of those guys who just think, how could anyone justifiably dislike him? Yeah, like, yeah. he's lit. He's like you, Derek. Like, yeah. how could anyone have a bad word to say about Ron Harris or Derek Clark? I, yeah. Honestly, I, I, I'm, oh, it, I, I mean, I, mean I, can, I'm, I'm, I can understand me. <laughs> oh, I get it all. <laughs> totally understand that, guys. <laughs> but, um, oh, she's pretty. Oh, that's uh, obviously. I hope that I'm assuming that's his lady, not some random woman he's gone to sit next to in a, in a, in a, in a restaurant. But um, yeah, what a great guy! And I definitely want to get Robin on again because I, f- I really want to talk to him again because I feel like there was because, like I said, when he, when you get these um, these guests that you don't know anything about, yeah, you know, and then you come on and they're like they they, they can really surprise you, yeah, you know, be surprising you. So um, uh, so yeah, it's uh, this guy. That's a nice shot. Nikolsky is a good pose, really. Yeah, good. I like his physique. Good quad. Look at his quad hardness. Yeah, look, he's not even... Yeah. He's, he, they look permanently flexed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice physique. Uh, and we're rooting for you for this weekend, mate, at the Toronto Pro. I hope to see him do more shows. I don't know. Sometimes, like, I just want to see these guys compete, 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 compete. But sometimes, you know, it's... um, I don't know. Um, what's your feelings on competing multiple times in a year or in a season, Derek? I think it... Well, for me, I mean... I, Are you I remember when it, yourself, Derek? I remember when I did um, three shows. Yeah. Um... I remember when I did three shows. What's happening here? Um, <laughs> Bloody picture in picture is a pain in the ass, isn't it? Um, I remember when I did three third sh- shows anyway. And, yeah. Um, it was it was against Ernie Taylor. Well, no, the, the finals was uh, at the Wembley. Okay, the Wembley. 95. And, and I think I, and, and I was, I was washed out. I was washed out. It was, it was too much. Hmm. It was too much. So you're right. So you don't, so you think, but then again, then again no, some guys can get it better with shows. Some guys can get it better. Yeah, they um, can get better with each successive show. I remember Tony Freeman, he'd do six shows in the season and he'd start off like dodgy and then he'd kind of get better. Everything all right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're, pre- you're looking concerned and pressing buttons. No, no, I'm nervous. No, no, no. Remember you thought you deleted that? Yeah, Derek no, thought he did actually delete, accidentally deleted one of the, what was it? The, the Robin, clips, Robin the Strand. Yes. Yeah, he thought he deleted half the interview. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, don't worry, it automatically saves as an MP4 onto the hard drive. <laughs> so I, I just saw you go like, uh, you, you went... I nearly went white, didn't I? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the word you're looking for. <laughs> Basically, you went the colour of me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, Derek, I've been there. 
I've had it happen many times, and sometimes it actually has been deleted. Apple Mac for me, no, not for, not for me. Oh, Windows. Oh, you, no, you just offended me. I'm now. a Windows man. No, sorry. no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Next to be telling you, you drink instant coffee. <laughs> oh like, no, Lauren no, drinks not. instant coffee. Oh gosh, I know, I know, I know. It's bad. No, it's better. <laughs> right, okay, then. So yeah, obviously, um, you know, all the best to Robin Strand going up against, uh, like I said, Hassan Mustafa, um, Ian Valier. Yeah, Joe seems good. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right, okay. Oh my God, we are really almost yeah. in pitch black now. So yeah. we're really going to have to speed it up. Uh, Emily Schubert, who we had oh, in. Lovely lady. Fantastic interview. Um, yeah. Absolutely loved her. She was amazing. Very, very, you know, um, you know, to the point. Really, real pleasure to interview. In fact, yeah. more often than not, the women are usually the ones that, you know, they're really. It's always a pleasant surprise when you interview them. Yeah. When yeah. you speak to them. Yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Hey, did you like that video? Smash that like button, subscribe to MD, and please comment down below. Thanks for watching.